Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everyone doing another week stats over politics as always i'm sean holko alongside my guys Javon Toddy, kevin ding gary Singh. i'm gonna unmute everyone's mic so then everyone can talk to me and i'm not just by myself welcome to episode number 41 of stats over politics as always i'm sean holko and gentlemen we have another special guest joining us this week kevin who he's not here yet. He will be here very soon, but could you just give us a little tease as to who our guest is? I mean, everyone who might've read the description probably already read it, but just in case, if you're just tapping in right now, Toddy just fell out. Toddy got so excited about our guest that he just fell out. I guess that's one Toddy freeze out for the episode. Uh, but yeah, Kevin, tell us who we got coming on. It's been a minute. We have Sacramento legend. I can't uh, been a, I've been a day one follower of his, uh, just being a, he was class of 2013. So when I really started taking this hoop shit serious, uh, he was on the scene, man. And he was doing it big, you know, everyone dreams of doing the things that he's done. And, you know, he's hit a lot of obstacles in this course and, but he's still always putting on for the city and doing things that we can only dream of, you know, things we see in TV on movies. Uh, he's living that life. So, I'm excited for you guys to get in here and uh, see this great interview and he's going to sit down and talk some sports with us and go back and forth. So I'm excited to hear his thoughts on some of the stuff. And uh, he's a fellow Kings fan. So Toddy's outnumbered once again. So it's going to be good to, you know, get, you know, we, we bring in, we bring in the football heads to talk, but now we can bring in a basketball head to talk. So it's going to be interesting, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it as well. Javon, what are you most looking forward to about this week's episode? Uh, there's a bunch of stuff I'm kind of interested in too. Because, you know, there's a whole, I feel like it's like kind of a community with Sack Hoopers. I guess I fall into that category of just, you know, the community Definitely do. of Sack Hoopers. So, you know, just being around it, you know, playing the AAU, playing, you know, summer ball, you know, him ultimately, you know, being able to go and play professional and overseas is a different level. So, you know, just really excited to kind of get his insight on certain things that um, I would like to know because I kind of like, me and Kev kind of like grew up in it and kind of just watched a whole bunch of stuff, you know, going on across the country. And he, I, he was one of those guys coming up like, wow, you got a yay or his finest mixtape. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a, huge, a huge deal for a lot of hoopers. If you got any type of mixtape growing up, you were in, you, you were clouded. <laughs> so. And I don't know, Sean, I don't know if you're really into the mixtape culture. You know what yay or his finest is? 
Yeah. Uh, no, and I know you do. why he asked, Gary. There's a reason why he asked me. To be honest, no, <laughs> not really. You know what Ball's I, life is? Yes, I know what Ball's this was, life. Yeah, Arias Finest was Ball's, Ball's life before life. Ball's life. Yeah. Technically, interesting. Yeah. Okay, they were like, I mean, were they at the same time? They were like. Like, same time, I feel like, like they were yeah. Like the same time. I thought Ye was more Bay Area. I thought it was more yeah. sack, more Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. Ball's life's damn near national, damn near. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, yeah, could you imagine if Ye's finest yeah. kept going? That thing would have been. No, it was going up and up. Yeah, like, Aaron, Aaron Gordon in a white, in a white tee. Duncan, yeah, what, hap- what happened to it then? I mean, I, I, my ears just started ringing. A business venture that's out there that's unseized. Oh, <laughs> nah, so Travis, I only know this because my cousin Kai had a Yaris finest tape. So he, uh, he had a baby. So he just got caught in the dad life, you know. I don't, hopefully we don't lose Toddy, man. But you know, being a dad is, is a lot of responsibility, <laughs> man. You know, I'm a dog dad and a cat dad, so I, I know the responsibilities. But I'm still here. There's a whole nother level. So, yeah, levels so. to this shit, young boy. There's definitely levels to this shit. How We're we really doing today, fellas? Guy, Toddy. I'm doing oh, great, yeah. Kevin. Ready to go. Oh, Episode I, what? 41. 41, Come on bro. What? Episode 41. And this is the fun part about like this new, uh, I wouldn't say generation, but just kind of post COVID life. Like, none of us have gotten together in person to record a podcast. And that's the crazy thing about it. Like, as we accidentally talk over each other is because like there's that little bit of a delay and to already be 41 episodes in and like over five years ago, I didn't think that something like this was possible. So it's, it's pretty awesome that we've been able to do this and, uh, and we got a lot of things to celebrate. We'll, we'll, we'll be patient about celebrating because of Gary, but uh, we, we got a lot to celebrate 41 episodes. Don't make it because of 2000 me. likes on TikTok. Ooh, Run Gary, I blame everything on you. Uh, clearly. But, right. Uh, but you know, we've had a lot of great guests so far from Sac State's Finest and Manny Anderson. Then we had Kenny Caraway, Adilo, and KC on recently. Then we had our guy Michael Walker, the Atlanta Falcons, on most recently. And now joining us, our guest for today, none other than Mr. Ike, who Kevin talked about earlier. Ike, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining man, us. Man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> What's up, y'all? How y'all doing, man? Chilling, oh, chilling, brother. Thank you for joining us once again. Got you, bro. It's good. Appreciate y'all having me. Of course, we we appreciate you, and we got a lot of hard hitting questions for you today, Ike, and Sounds a lot good. of Big J journalists in here. Uh, but the the first question that I got for you is, could you just tell us what your first and last name is? Because I don't want to butcher the pronunciation. Nah, I could tell. I could tell. Uh, <laughs> you didn't want to say it. <laughs> I, I, didn't, nah, I didn't give it a shot. He already told us he was about to dodge it out. He was about to dodge that one. I appreciate it. So. There's like there's a few different ways you can say my name, right? So my first name, the Nigerian way to say the original way how to say it, Ikenna Irebu. And then uh now growing up in the burbs, like you don't really want anybody that's really saying your name yeah. like that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I changed it to Ikenna and then uh and then like third, fourth grade, it just became Ike and that pretty much sticks. So yeah, but y'all can just call me Ike, but um, I can of rebel for sure. That's how you say it. Yeah. He's referring to him as Sacramento legend. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what the people say. I just be just be chilling. <laughs> well, I will. I will say before you joined us, Kevin did say your first and last name, and he was he was uh, more bold than me. But uh, thank you for for uh, letting us know how to say it no uh, doubt, in, in no both doubt. ways as well. And, and and thank you for joining us. Um, so, Kevin, you got the first question for Ike today as uh, as we interview him. 
Yes, definitely. So I'm going to go ahead and go over this intro again. We have professional Hooper, Ike with us, big bro yeah, from day one. Sutter um, Mob. Sutter Mob. I think we have some San Brandon hey, guys in here. So I, I didn't, I didn't Sutter, want to throw the Sutter man. out there. I think we have some San Brandon in here. You know, I'm San El Grove Brandon, Unified. Yeah. He's El Grove. <laughs> so that's T is my life when I, when I went to Sutter, man. I love that school. Todd, you went to San Brandon, yeah? No, I went to Sutter, man. Come on, man. My dad, my dad went to San Brandon like City way, way, way back when. That's City crazy. That's crazy. City champs. Yeah, man. I went to Joseph Kerr Middle School. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want that, that Sac Unified smoke. But like I was saying, local legend. Uh, started in Franklin High School. Ventured off into Oak Hill and then going to Washington State. So we have a lot to get into today, fellas. So, you know, just starting off, like, uh, what was the reasoning for you going to Franklin High as a freshman? Uh, only reason I went to Franklin, Franklin was uh closest to my parents' crib where we, where we lived at in Elk Grove. But so, I people know I went to Sutter, I was never supposed to go to Sutter in the first place. Huh. I was supposed to go to Toby Johnson because the way um schools are in like the Elk Grove district is your middle school and high school are like legit right next to each other. Uh-huh. And my zoning area, I was supposed to go to Toby. But Sutter was just so known for um, for being good at basketball. We should beat the shit out of Toby. And I and I showed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I showed a lot of promise back then. So like people were like, oh nah, like and my cousin uh, Chris Carvin, he went to Sutter, and his dad was like, nah, we need to get Ike there. So then, um, so I went to Sutter, and they had me on the eighth grade team as a seventh grader, and then it kind of just worked out. And then when it t- came for me to go to high school my older brother Chooks, he was a he was at Franklin so and I was originally supposed to be at Franklin anyway or Toby anyway in that area so I was like all right let me just go play with my older brother and and stuff like that so that's how I ended up at Franklin so going into uh Franklin you are ranked on the top 25 so being a kid from Sacramento we really don't see that a lot Crazy. so what, what was your mentality going into a, as your freshman being ranked nationally man I didn't even like I'll be honest, I had no clue. I, I know I wanted to be ranked, but I didn't know anything about, like, college basketball and stuff like that back then. Like, I just knew, like, I want – at first, I just knew I wanted to be the best in my city. And then – well, not best. I want to be the best in my house, then go be the best <laughs> in my neighborhood, yeah. and then from neighborhood, best in the city, and then all that. So, like, like when I was – when they rated me that high and stuff like that, I, like – it was cool, but I felt like I still like had to get better and stuff like that. But it was definitely like it was definitely crazy because so many people like uh, like knew about it when it happened, and it was like I didn't know that many people like were tuned into it, you know. But mm-hmm. it was it was it was a cool experience. He said, "About time y'all woke up." Man, said, I've been doing this for a minute. I'm happy everyone's starting to notice. So, along with your freshman year, you were invited to trial for the USA U15. Yeah, How was that experience? And, you know, were there any other guys that you saw along your class that you saw there at that moment? And kind of how was that experience seeing the that's, national talent? That experience was crazy. I haven't thought about that in a while. That experience was crazy because uh, it was me, Steven Domingo, and uh, AG, Aaron Gordon. It was us three. NBA and champion. it was crazy because we, uh, we were from, like, the same little area and stuff. But then me and AG I knew each other from uh, playing on the soldiers and stuff. So when we – Went to Colorado. It was a it was a dope experience. The thing though with that was, man, like the the elevation. I had this time I'm like 15, 16. I'm just playing in California. 
Yeah. Right. And everything I'm playing in Sac, I'm playing in the Bay, I'm playing in LA's. Stuff yeah. is stuff is like normal. It's more regional. When I yeah. got to Colorado, like I couldn't breathe when I I went up and down the court like once or twice and I couldn't breathe. I was like, How is this even possible? Yeah. But it got better as as the camp went on went along and stuff like that. But I remember thinking that as like I don't know how people play up there. It's like it's different. So when I see teams like the Denver Nuggets like running running around and stuff, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. That's, yeah. crazy that, that's, that's the stat. numbers guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Playing in playing in Colorado was different. It was a it was a great experience though. Cause it prepared me for uh for college. Cause me going to Washington State, we would play Utah and Colorado. So I already knew going in what I was getting into. Ike, um you kind of mentioned already that you, you played for the Oakland Soldier. Just uh just tell us about how legendary those teams were and kind of, you know, the tournaments that you went to and, you know, a little bit who was on that team and who you were kind of going up yeah, against. It's, so, man, the, the Oakland Soldiers. So I was on – the legendary team was the 17s, and I was on the 15s, right, yeah. for most of the most of that summer. And my older brother, Chooks, was on that team too. Yeah. So it was like – it was like the closest thing – to seeing like real life rock stars like <laughs> and, and the thing that was you know, real talk and the thing that was crazy was like I was like right there like I had a VIP pass to see it you know right. so like they had uh, Josiah Turner who was like anyone that knows Josiah Josiah yeah. was like, one bro like Sakai, yeah, like oh my legend. Josiah a legend for sure so they yeah. had Josiah Turner and had Kiwi gone and this is Kiwi at the hype like yep. you know yeah YAF crossing <laughs> over throwing yep. off people's heads like all types of crazy stuff. They had Kiwi, and then they had Jabari Brown. Like, and Bari was a like Bari. Seeing Bari play for the first time, like I remember watching him hoop and he was killing. I was like, why does he look so angry? Like, because <laughs> so anyone bad. that knows Jabari Brown know he don't like his facial yeah. expression. Like, it don't change. It doesn't change. He always look mad, but he was the first like killer I really seen. He was just so uh, like he he just and he he knew how to shoot. And I'm like, why? How is, how do you guys know how to shoot like this? Like Jabari Brown was tough. So yeah. right there and they had Josiah Kiwi, Jabari Brown, then they had Nick Johnson, then they had Kyle Wilcher, then they had my older brother Chooks, of course, then they had Brandon Ashley. Um Oh BA was on that team. Yeah, BA yeah. and then they had DA too. Dominic Artis was on the team too. Uh I feel like they my, they had my boy uh Junior Longers, who ended up going to Washington State. Okay. And then um I think that's I think that's it. But so that was that team, and then we had the fifteen and under team, who was me, Aaron Gordon, uh, Langston Morris Walker, and mm-hmm. Jabari Bird. And like, it was so crazy because seeing how they were treated and how they were killing, and like, they were kind of grooming us to be like the next next, next, next one up. of those next next up. Yeah, it was just it was just so crazy. Like we pulled up to Vegas. We got uh, like John Wall came to the came to the game. All these M- oh, Bron pulled up to the seventeen on the game one time in Vegas. That like, must have been lit. Yeah. You know, it was it was so crazy because like it was in Bishop Gorman, right? And you know those schools oh. they were like a big court into two courts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we so the seventeen they were playing on the side with like with like a lot of bleachers and stuff. In the other court, they just had like like barely any seats. Everyone from that was in the gym. Like, it was so packed on one side of the gym that they had to use the other side, and they weren't even worrying about the other game. They, everyone was just locked into yeah. the uh, 17 <laughs> and the Soldiers team was playing. And it was like, 
these dudes are really like real life rock stars. Like we walking into the gyms, they're like it's like the red, like the red sea. The red sea. Part and wave. <laughs> like, we come to soldiers and stuff like that. Swag was on a thousand. It was so crazy. Um. So, I know I'm not sure if you played on the same team with Trev and Stanley. Or were they a little bit after you? No, nah, no, nah, yeah, they was after me. I was playing on Belmont Shore after that. Yeah, they was after me. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but I, but I went to that. Uh, I went to Washington State with Trev though. I was a sophomore. He was a freshman. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's my boy. So before you were getting on, like we were going back and forth, you know, I had to educate Sean, our, our host, because he wasn't too aware of Yay Area's Finest. So can you go ahead and and just speak on what Yay Area's Finest meant to Hoopers and what it meant to get your own tape? And just what your life looked like after you had your not first but second yeah, area's finest highlight. Yeah. These, these are great questions. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Big Kev. J journalist. Yeah. My, my boy, death, shout out to my boy Travis Ferris, the CEO, originator, and founder of YAF Yeah's Finest. Oh man. And Trav made like he turned a lot of kids into rock stars, bro. Like <sighs> It was like your life, like definitely changed after. People was getting life. signed off of those. Off yeah, of these yeah, tapes. yeah, nah, for, you're Like you was yeah. getting scholies. You was getting scholies off having mixtapes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like my life for sure changed after I got my That's first. That's like one. the first like, IG for IG. I bet. Yeah, like and the thing is, like you see, you see what um like highlight culture is now with like with like Ball's Life and uh-huh. and who mixtape not as much, but really Ball's Life really took it and ran with it you know Mm -hmm. and trav was right there with him it was a time it was a time for it where it was real life like why years finest like balls like you know what i'm saying now balls like they just push so much content out like they Mm -hmm. gotta be number one you know yeah Mm -hmm. but nah trav and the thing is nowadays like you see all these little kids getting mixtapes like fourth graders like it's weird now everyone got a mixtape now it's not even special Bro, I just I was on a rabbit hole like like maybe like last month. I saw and some dad like reposted his kids' highlights. I go on the dad's page and he was like, Yeah, man, my, my son just turned ten, uh one thousand <laughs> career points. What? Like, a thousand career points. Like what is that? So then it's just but back then, like to the end today, anyone can get a mistake. Back then, it's like to write a you, have to, you have to be you have to be that guy. You really have yeah. to be him to get a mixtape. And yeah. when when I got my first one, bro, like my phone was ringing off the hook. I probably watched it like two hundred times in the span, <laughs> like, span like forty eight hours, bro. Yeah. I'm locked into this for yeah, sure, bro. Like when you, when you get a new mixtape, it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I apologize. I apologize, Ike, for, for not being educated about it. No, it's, but, cool. Um, it's cool. It's cool. At least ball is life, though. Like when he asked me about Yeri's finest first, and I was like, "No, I'm sorry, I haven't heard of it." But then he's like, "Ball's like, okay, I, I've heard of that for sure." And nah, so, yeah, Trav, just- Trav was uh, Trav was leading the pack for sure, bro. Like actually, because you know, ball's life they have a um, I haven't, I really haven't told anyone this. Oh, can y'all hear me? Oh yeah. So no, that, that ball, was my bad. I, I oh, no, you up. good? You good? So ball's life has a all star game for high schoolers. Yeah. And YAF they used to have one. It was like it was. That's right. It was in the Bay, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. So, so I graduated high school 2013. They had one in 2012. It was crazy. crazy like, yeah. You were there. I was like, bro, I'm going. So then, but it was the same weekend as Balls Life. So Balls Life hit me and was like, yo, like we want you to be in the All Star game. Um, let us know the flight details and we'll fly you out. I was like, all right, cool. Then Trav hit me for YF was like, I we're gonna do this All Star game in like two weeks. Like, can you make it back to the set? Because I was like, oh, kill at the time. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to come back to the crib and play in front of my, my family and stuff. Like, I'm going YF. But then Trap canceled it. Uh, and that's when uh, kind of he started, like, kind of pulling back from YAF and stuff like that. And then I tried to double back and go back to Vols. So I was like, hey, <laughs> like, I'm not going. They said it's bad. <laughs> I was sick. But, um, but nah, uh. Nah, yeah, Trav and YF, like that really means something for sure. Now you and made I'm the right decision, ball. right there, though. Yeah, you had to go back to the for the city for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. facts, <laughs> facts, facts. And I, I just wanted to follow up on that, just in regard to like the mixtape culture and everything, because like I was first really exposed to mixtapes with like Zion and like a lot of the big names, right? Yeah, but now. Yeah. I would bro, hella late. Like <laughs> when I say I needed to be educated, I needed to be educated. That's why I apologize. But no, uh, but. But yeah, so like that was when like I really got put onto it. But like you guys have all been saying, like now any day any kid can get a mixtape because they can. Nice. Number one, they're they're talented enough. There's YouTube tutorials out there to be able to teach themselves to make it. But there's also plenty of scouts out there now looking for this young talent. Nice. And so we've seen a lot of young guys like who are teenagers and they've gotten these social media followings of over like a hundred thousand people. The one that comes to mind for me is like a guy like Mikey Williams. Uh, what do you think of just about? that kind of culture and how like mixtapes has really like put a spotlight on these young kids. Um, it's cool. The positive negatives really, to be honest. Yeah. I'll give you positive negative. It's cool to see because, um, it's cool to see, especially the guys behind the camera and the kids that pushing the envelope, you know, Uh it's dope to see that, like the culture didn't just stop with my class or class after me that, it continues to be pushed. Um, the thing about it that's crazy is just like it's kind of like uncharted territories right now, especially with like these NIL deals NIL, and these yeah. brands can reach out to these kids and stuff like uh-huh. that. And it's like, like you, like I understand it, but at the same time, it's like it's kind of bad because um, sometimes the game of basketball doesn't really get played how it should you know yeah mm-hmm. it's a real uh like kids just want to go out here just make highlights highlights instead of, 
Instead of swinging the ball to, to the second side. Yeah. Yeah. Another set of flare screen. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, just little... kid, kids are more, they're just more focused for the, for the crossovers, for the, for the law passes. And, like, I understand it. Like, basketball's supposed to be a fun game. But at the same time, you really, you really want to make sure that the, like, the fundamentals and the integrity for the game. That's why, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So that's, that's one thing. But, me, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's dope to see, like, Cause my my older brother, honestly, like he was at uh, San Francisco City, and he didn't have um, like amazing people at his games, like to record and put a highlight clip together. So he made his own highlights, and then mm-hmm. he ended up doing that and getting a scholarship to Northern Illinois to yeah. finish out his uh, his co- collegiate career. So like I get it, man. Like sometimes you need that tape because that's what the that's all you got to yeah. to show for yourself. So. Um, I understand it, but it's just like th- with anything, it's pros, pros and cons. It's just well, now with these NIL deals, um, it can kind of, it can kind of, kind of get scary, and you can kind of see it from like the NBA too, like, like the highlight, the highlight culture where you have certain teams that like you know, like yeah, these guys don't know how to play basketball. <laughs> they just, <laughs> like you know, they don't know how to play basketball. They know how to make a highlight. They know how to do some trick dunks and some nice crossovers. Got probably got good form on their shot. But when it comes to, like, the nuance of the game, when they – when, like, you know, like, bro, we got to move the ball side to side real quick so we can throw the defense off, stuff like that, like, you don't really see that too much. What yeah, type of – I'm glad you mentioned ad- that. Go ahead, Gary. Now, I was going to say, like, going on that real quick, Ike, like, what advice would you give to, like, some youngins that you see come up that are kind of maybe feeding into that, but, like, just make sure, you know, what would you tell them to, like, maybe keep the basketball IQ and have level head level? Because, like you said, like, these kids can blow up instantly. So, like, who's going to tell you to, like you said, swing the ball to the other side when to make it to the league and get a niche, you might need to do that. But, like, to them in their eyes, the youngins, you know, they're not seeing that point of view just because, like, the likes is going up when I get this bucket. So, how can you, you know, because the real kids that are really making the NBA, you can tell they find the niche and they, you know, they, they understand both lines. So, Facts. what advice would you kind of give these youngins? Um, I really wouldn't even talk to the youngins. It's talking to the coaches and the trainers because mm, okay. that's who they. That's who they. That's what they're going to. That's who they. That's who they're going to listen to. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. all the trainers that they got, all the people on YouTube doing all these little YouTube. Um, I don't know, like how to do a cross skill over. videos. Yeah, yeah the yeah, skill yeah. videos and stuff. It's like you got to talk mm-hmm. to them on. Maybe the, I, they're teaching a crossover. Let's teach. I right, you really want to do it in this situation. And explain why, mm. and explain that if you if you swing the if you have a pick and roll the first time you don't want to get, go all the way deep in your bag because you don't know how they're gonna guard it. You go pick and roll one time, swing it. Second time, swing it. You see how they're guarding it, and then that third time, that's when you that's when you decide to to hit your shit, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like if they talk about the situations more or go in depth on why they need to do things, and sometimes, bro. Straight up, like you don't even need all the moves that these people are teaching. Like, like you see guys like, um, like Gideon on OKC, mm-hmm. like Gideon not out here doing like no crossover and stuff like that. He just <laughs> dribble, dribble, dribble. When the guy steps up, he passes. When that's open shot, he shoots. Like sometimes you don't need all the gimmicks and stuff like that. You just gotta mm-hmm. like, just keep, it, keep it simple. You know, let sometimes less is more. And I think with this culture, they're doing more with less, and it's like. Bro, you don't, you don't, you don't even need all that. So I wouldn't even talk to the kids because the kids don't know what they don't know. You got to talk to the coaches mm-hmm. and the trainers for real. That's what they're going to listen to. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you mentioned that uh, just in regard to the, the young kids who are just trying to get that spotlight, get that scholarship. And, yeah. uh, and I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned the fundamentals too, because like I'm a fan of the WNBA of the women's game in general. 100%. And the thing that I notice about the women's game is because they don't have that natural athleticism or they're not seven foot to be able to dunk nonstop. Their fundamentals are so Crazy. much better and they're so much sharper because of that. And they're, they're honing in on those skills, as you mentioned, that's kind of being missed right now. And yeah. something that we're seeing with a lot of these kids who not only want to get a scholarship for themselves, but also their parents really want it for them too, understandably, because a lot of situations, that's how a lot of people get a college education. Exactly. And so the question that I wanted to ask in regard to that is with that push to get scholarships, a lot of kids and a lot of parents are playing one sport. Just going all the way back for you, we we, we kind of skipped over your childhood a little bit. Okay. Was basketball always it for you, or did you also nah. play other y'all sports? Y'all asking some good questions, man. I appreciate it. We get educated by kid, man. Basketball is my second sport. Soccer was my first really? sport. Really? Yeah, yeah. Soccer. So, wow. Yeah, so with me being Nigerian, man. Like, they love soccer, right? They it's love a big, soccer. big thing, yeah. Especially, especially you go outside the U.S., people. Mm-hmm. That's the main sport. That's the main yeah. sport for sure. Like, people in Nigeria, they're playing soccer barefoot. Oh, and, like, yeah. Rocks and dirt and stuff like that, you know. So that my mom knew because uh, I got older brother, younger brother. I'm the middle. My mom knew, and we're all close in age, so my mom knew to put us in sports. Like, we're not going to be at the house playing video games all day. Y'all got to get outside, be active, and stuff like that. So, soccer was my first sport. And the thing was, my position was, uh, I was I was the goalie. Oh, so shit. This is, how, this is how I really started getting to hoop, because we would have a, a hoop in the backyard. But all these days, me and my brothers, we're on three different teams. I'm, I'm the goalie. And the thing about it was, my team, we were nice. We was... You were good, bro. Like, so the but the thing is, with being the goalie and your team's nice, you're not doing nothing. I was staying after the goal all game, like watching dudes run around and stuff like that. So I got pretty bored, and then I and then I joined the Salvation Army down here in Oak Park with my brothers. I saw and then I started loving that. It was dope. But then for my parents, we're on six different teams. Three kids, six teams total. Uh, two different sports. That's a lot of different practice times, a lot of different mm-hmm. game times, stuff like that, right? So one day we're all sitting down, and mind you, my parents—they're both the uh, the oldest child in their family, right? So my mom knows the influence that an older child can have on a younger sibling. So she brought us into the living room. She was like, "All right, here." She she tore a piece of paper, gave it each each of us a piece of paper and a pen, and said, "All right, I want you guys to go to different corners." And pick a pick a sport, either soccer or basketball. And then we were like, all right. So we all went to different corners, and then we all chose hoop. And then uh, I was hooping ever since. That's crazy. Yeah. Shout out to mom right there. She said, "Y'all better nah. lock in on something right yeah, now." Facts, <laughs> facts. So it was like we, the gas prices was too crazy. We can't She's like, I'm not driving practice. two places. <laughs> <laughs> nah, hey, she made yeah, the... it. Was dope. It was dope. We all chose the same sport, and um, yeah, it was cool because we was always working out together and shit. Yeah, iron sharpen irons for sure with the brothers so locked in. So Gary mentioned yeah. that niche for players. So you got to see the Aaron Gordon who did it all. We the right. the white ta- the white tank top and the yeah it's finest intro. Toddy's been around the culture, so we got to see Aaron Gordon do everything. He was the big man. He was the point guard. He was a center. Mm-hmm. But now you see him on the in the NBA, and he's an NBA champion, like Toddy mentioned. And he's really known for being a defender and a back cutter and yeah. things like that. So what would you just have to say to? The young guys who just want to think they have to score all the points or mm-hmm. throw all the dimes, but in the NBA you get a role, and if you could flourish in your role, you could flourish as a player. Yeah, I would say to that man, be on the court, bro. Like, 
just be on the court. You could have all the you could have the deep bag, but if you're on the bench, you know what you what you gonna be doing. Yeah. Do 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 what's gonna get you on the court, and then when you get that, then you gotta keep doing that, and then expand. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes, man, you, all right, you're if you're a scorer, sometimes you just not get no buckets. You know, you can't. You got, but you gotta be something else at the table. Yeah. You know what I'm saying you gotta be able to get get a teammate open shot, um, maybe get some old boards or something like stuff like that. So for AG, it's like um, he's had to adjust his game. And sometimes that's like the hardest thing to do, but once you do do it, things like getting a championship happen. So like, so seeing that, and I and I really know AG for like, yeah. he was like we was together for like two like year and a half, two years or something on the soldiers and stuff like that. So and I really know him, and to see his game like uh, continue to grow and blossom, and then he just got a chip, man, it's, it's pretty dope. So for those who don't know, Ike left Franklin to go to the Oak Hill. So for those of you who don't know about Oak Hill and the ladies shooting stars, LeBron movie, that team in the red and yellow Jersey is Oak Hill. So they have legends like Carmelo Anthony, Rajon Rondo, Brandon Jennings. For the old heads out here, we have Jerry Stackhouse, Josh Smith, and the list goes on and on and on. So this is a two-part question. So how did Oak Hill come apart? And then how was the culture shock coming from a West coast kid going to Virginia? Definitely a culture shock. So Oak Hill, so what happened with that was, my going the summer between my freshman and sophomore year, I got invited to this uh Nike top 100 freshman sophomore camp or something like that. And my coach at the camp was Steve Smith, the coach okay. at Oak Hill Academy, right? <laughs> so I did cool at the camp, like I, w- I didn't go too crazy, but I for sure like did solid. So then after my sophomore year at Franklin, um, my dad was like, you know, I think it's the time like we look for, go to a different school because my older brother had just graduated. Uh-huh. Um, and Franklin, the situation there just wasn't the best. So so I was like, all right, what about Oak Hill? And then my dad researched it, and then he got in contact with Coach Smith. And then I went, I flew out to go to, like, pick a visit there and see the school and stuff like that. And I came back, and it was um, – after I came back, it was like, yeah, we're going to get, like, a scholar to come here. And then yeah. it was done after that. Yeah, it was – It was when, when everyone found out, it was so crazy, bro, because <laughs> – it was, it, was like like it was like the decision. That's huge. It, it yeah, was like no, the decision. Bro, from a kid from SAC, bro, <laughs> yeah, SAC to make that big decision, bro, that's a really yeah. big, like, shout out to your pops because a lot of people won't make that gamble because, you know, sending your kid to a whole other state, a whole other area. Did he go? I don't know. My bad. I don't know. But did he go with you guys or you just got to sit there by yourself? How did no, that no, work? Yeah, so we went. So it's a boarding school. So, like, mm-hmm. he went. We visited. He dropped me off with my mom and stuff. But um, I was there by myself. All my family was on the West Coast. And That's crazy. I, I had a junior East Coast families, but like Oak Hill's in the middle of nowhere. Like who wasn't visiting me like that? So I had to really like get adjusted <laughs> to the East Coast life, and it was different. Like bro, I was 16. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to. I was trying to. I'm all, all I know is the sun and the heat and sad. No, straight up. Driving in that snow. So I did not like it at first, bro. I'll tell you that it was crazy. I got a big question for you, Ike. Like, you know, a lot of kids that would, that would be hard for them. I would feel like to, you know, kids nowadays. Like, it's hard to even kind of sw- to even make that jump because I don't know, maybe miss your family, things of that nature, and also yeah. like, you know, like how much you know, you really gotta love hoop that much. You know, what I'm saying to really have that right. passion to really, you know, want to do these type of decisions, life changing decisions at a young age. So, right. like, speak to that. You know, what was your mindset at that young age? You know, speak to like what were you thinking and all those little factors going into those decisions. 
Yeah, man. I mean, at the end of the day, for me, was I just want to be the best basketball player I can be. Like, I've always felt that way. Because, um, like, it wasn't even about being, like, the best basketball player ever. It's like, I just want to maximize myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't want anyone to put a cap on that. So, since I've always had that feeling, I was like, man, I want to I wanna do what the other great players are doing. So, I was willing to do whatever, bro. Like, it really didn't matter to me. I was traveling a lot. By that time, I was really I was really traveling a lot already for basketball, especially in the summertime. I was going to L.A., always flying to different states for tournaments. So, like, it was – I just kept the main thing, the main thing. I just wanted to hoop and against, like, some of the best players. And uh, that's why I went there. And it was uh, it was definitely a culture shock, bro, because, you know, me being from the West Coast, like, seeing snow – all the time, like, bro, I didn't even. It ain't I, Tahoe. I, I really didn't like that. <laughs> it was crazy because I, I ended up going to Washington State. It ended up snowing a lot out there. But, like, even when I go places now, when I, for, as a professional, like, like I just signed in Spain. It's like, bro, I'm a 30 minute drive from Barcelona and stuff like that. Like, the sun's going to be out in Spain, you know? So I'll like, yeah. be cool off snow from now on. Yeah. <laughs> for real, bro. You've always jacked the States. Yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm ducking and dodging the snow life unless no, I'm going to Tahoe. Facts. So you you went to Virginia at 16 years old, and like you were saying, it was a boarding school, so you were pretty much on your own. What is there to do at 16 years old in Virginia? Like, take us through like a day to day. I know there was take, a lot I'll of take, snow. I take you through my schedule. I take you through my schedule. I still remember. Please do. So um, so school started at no breakfast was at seven. Breakfast was at seven seven thirty, and then we had class starting at eight fifteen. So I would wake up, I wake up at 5.30, walk to the gym, right? Get some shots. Uh, walk to the out. gym. I, and you have to walk in the snow sometimes because it's, it's yeah. real cold, bro. It's real cold. I throw my big puffer on my sweat. <laughs> yeah. Tie my, put, put my sweats in my socks, all that. Like, I was doing then walking to the snow, walking through the snow to the gym. The gym there was like, the door was really old, so you had to like, it was always locked, but you had to just. You have to just shake it. Give me it. He's asked to it. You just shake it, opens up, turn on the turn on the light, and I was working out for like a little over an hour. Then walk back to my to my dorm room, take a shower, go to breakfast, 30 minute breakfast, eight. Class starts at eight fifteen. Go to class from eight to uh Real Regimen. Yeah, real regimen, bro. Go to class from like eight to one, I think it was, one or two. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then after that, we had uh, we had practice. We, had, we were called, the highest team was called the goal team. Yeah. So we were like goal team practice right then and there at like two, right? So boom, we done at like four. 
we go, we have dinner at five, we have dinner, and then after dinner, that's when it gets jumping. So we had a gold team, a red team, and a silver team. And after after dinner was all all the runs. So oh, the thing was, okay. we would always walk in the gym. It would always be like guys from the silver team and red team playing against each other What's and stuff like that. And then when we walk in, they start playing a little harder. Not yeah. a little, a lot harder. Because, like, yeah. yo, I'm trying to guard the dudes on goal because we're, like, we're nationally ranked. We all got, for yeah. sure, like, the minimum eight scholarships and stuff Damn. like that to all these different to... schools that all these kids want to go to. Um, and it's, like, and it's like so it would be fun, bro, because we, like, we're we're always hooping. We hooping in the morning, hooping in the afternoon, hooping at dinner, like, for hours on end. And, it's, and the kids there, they just, like, they love hoop, bro. Like, yeah. they love just teachers there. They love hoop. Like, like there'll be times um, one of us would do, like, a crazy dunk or something, and Steve Smith just standing there like this, like nothing happened. Because, <laughs> like, he, cause he's, like, he had guys like Josh Smith and KD and Michael Beasley. Like, he's seen all the like, yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. stuff like that. Even the teachers. Like, I have one time, there was one time, like, um, I asked one of the teachers, I think her name was Miss Bottom. She's still, she, I'm pretty sure she's still there. She's, I asked her, I was like, yo, who's the, what's the craziest thing you've seen here? Like, hoop was. And she said, the day Dean Smith came to Oak Hill. Like, oh, North Carolina. She, yeah, she said, the day, the day Dean Smith came to Oak Hill was the craziest day she's seen. Like, so she, he was recruiting somebody. He came in and all these kids, because there's only two hallways. You got one side that can get into the gym, right? Yeah. So then all these kids were trying to look through this little box up the, through the door trying to see Dean Smith and stuff like that. And then when he left, they rushed the gym trying to play hard hard as hell. So hopefully he turns around Come and back. give one of yeah. the kids a scholarship or something. <laughs> you know, like, That's right. But yeah, Oakville was a crazy experience, bro. Who was some of the um, guys that you kind of went up against in high school while you were at Oak Hill as far as whether um, playing against or was there like a specific so, game? I saw so, so many people, bro. Uh, Any league guys? Yeah, D'Angelo yeah. Russell, Ben Simmons, Casey Hill. They were all on the same team. Montverde. Who? Mont yeah. All three of them? Oh, man. Yeah, all yeah. three of them on the same team. Uh, Casey Hill was a senior, and this one, Casey Hill was, like, the guy. That yeah. man. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell was a junior, yeah. and Ben Simmons was a sophomore. Uh -huh. They had Ben Simmons at the four. He dunked on two of my teammates at the same time. I was like, what the <laughs> no, that so wasn't even was fair. She was crazy. Um, that team was cool. Um, who else did I play against? And what's the dude? He was he went. To, I think he went to like Oklahoma State. He he was tugging to like Lalamere or something like that. Um, I can't think of his name. I played so many guys. I th I played I played Ishmael Wainwright, who's on the Phoenix Suns now. Mm -hmm. I played yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. He was on um the green team. I forgot what they're called. Um, yeah. bunch of dudes. so. I I want to since I want to follow up on a couple of those names that you mentioned because uh -huh. so Javon and I we had a podcast before this before we leveled up and we upgraded it was a okay. podcast called Sean and Vaughn and on that podcast Javon Actually, went yeah. after me I appreciate it uh, Javon went after me because I was a Ben Simmons supporter and after a while. I didn't look great with some of my takes did that I made about great. Benson. <laughs> and, and so, I did not look great. Did not look not great. at all. And so since you saw him at that level in high school, when 
when, when like you were one of those guys who was like a part of that one percent in high school basketball, yeah. and he he was in that as well. And so, just now, what do you think in, about? He was in a different percentage. I was I was in the one percent, but he was in like the, the point zero point zero exactly. So to the, to that point, like, do you think that he he can still have a career in the NBA at this point, or do you think like the confidence level kind of just gets to you after a while because like. I, I never played basketball in high school. Like I tried out for my JV team as a sophomore. I was the last one to get cut. So like I'm I'm not the athlete, but I did play four years of golf. And like in golf, it was such a mental game where it was basically me versus myself. And when I would get in my own head and overthink it, then like it I would I would play terrible because I would overthink it. And I kind of see the similarities in Ben Simmons. And so do you think that's something he can get himself out of? Yeah, I definitely think he can get himself out of it. Um it's uh, it's just shocking, you know, because for, for me, my whole thing about when it comes to basketball is if I do it one time, I can do it again and again. Yeah. And if I do it one time in practice, I'm going to do it and get in practice. And then whatever I do in practice, I'm going to do it in the game. So and when it comes to the game, I've never done anything in the game where I didn't practice it. You know, like every shot I shoot in the game, I've shot a thousands of times. So when you see him shooting um in the summers and the summer workout videos he that get posted about him it's like he be cashing and and this i not actually was watching one uh not too long ago and like like he had a hand in his face and some of them like guys being go- he's being guarded step back to the right he got a good form. yeah like <laughs> the form and the thing is his form is like it's not all the way great but it, there's makeable though you know yeah. what i'm saying so uh, it's definitely like a confidence thing because it's like if you practice it, might as well just go out there and do it in the game. That's my that's my perspective. So do you I think just, it's more personal or opportunity? Like what you see from afar right now, you think it's oh, him? It's, it's personal. It's personal. It's like a yeah. personal kind of thing because for sure, a front office is saying, "Bro, just shoot. We don't care how many times you shoot, just shoot." Especially what and they've been trading him for. He still doesn't want to shoot. That's like all right, he just gotta. He's got to get out of his own way for real. That's like because a lot of the guys that a lot of guys that tell him not to shoot as much, and they're telling they need him to shoot. His career, like if he's if he gets a jumper, like come on, bro, like he was an all star before, basically. Yeah, so. like it's crazy, but um, yeah, he just got to get good out of his own way for real. Javon, did you want to follow up on that? Um, so we kind of went over, you know, him at you at Oak Hill, and you know the competition that you went to. Um, let's talk about a little bit, you know, transitioning to college. Um, sure. what was it like when you got your first offer? Who were some of the teams that were on your radar and recruiting mm-hmm. you? And what ultimately made you want to go to, you know, Washington State, Wazoo? Remnants. Um, first school to offer me, my first, actually not even school to offer me, my first letter from a college was Whitman College in Walla Walla, Washington. Shout out to Whitman College. Yeah. It was, I don't even know if they're a D1, but they gave me my first letter, and I was like... You're like, it's it's real. I got yeah. facts. I was like, yeah. I can't believe this. I'm, I was so lit, bro. Like, I didn't even know... Yo, Were you ready to sign with them or what? <laughs> I know. I know what. I was like, what do I do with this? Do I, yeah. I, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I was hoping he said Sac State, to be honest. I was like, my yeah. first offer was Sac State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but then uh, my first official offer was from USC, okay. um, Kevin O'Neill. That was pretty dope. Go Trojans. Um, yeah, go Trojans. Bro. I always had love for USC. And the thing is, I 
I I don't I didn't never play football, but I watched the national championship with Reggie Bush versus Texas. Oh yeah, that's why so I, I was I was ready, bro. I was ready to get the pads out. Like, <laughs> talk. I was like, yo, I'm about to, I'm about to be a running back. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, USC, yeah. they were my first school to offer me. And then once you get one school like that to offer you, bro, they all start coming in. They like, start coming in, okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like <laughs> it's kind of like like you got the pretty girl, she got her braces off. And then yeah. all, the, all the guys wanted and stuff like that. It was like that, bro. Like love okay. example. As soon as see offered, Oklahoma State offered me. Um, Colorado offered me. Um, Seems like a lot of Pac-12 schools. Yeah, a lot of Pac-12, and it just like came out of it just came out of nowhere, bro. Like I was like, I I know these coaches haven't seen me play not one yeah. time, but just because USC offered, they want to come in. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so it was that. Oh, Virginia Tech was another one, and um, okay. And uh, College of Charleston in South Carolina, I took an official visit there because it was right next to Oak Hill. And my okay. and my high school teammate Theo Johnson was there, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna just go here real quick and see what they're talking about. But um, it was my last two schools were between Virginia Tech and Washington State because Washington State was patrol. My older brother Chuse went there for a year and then he left because uh-huh. he wanted to. Uh, he was a walk on and wanted to get a scholarship. He ended up getting it. Okay. But um, they were recruiting me the hardest and told me I, I was going to play right away and so yeah. I had the opportunity to play right away. And Virginia State was saying the exact same things. But I was just – I didn't want to – I want to get out the East Coast. So I, I was tired about being in the East Coast for real. <laughs> what, but, happened yeah. to, um, oh, mm-hmm. uh, I, what happened to – what happened to the USC offer? Did they kind of like pull their scholarship? Well, they had a, a coaching change. Coach from um, oh, Florida, Florida Gulf Coast. I think yeah. that's where he was at before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He uh he left, and then after that, it was kind of curtains. Oh, Arizona offered me too. Um, okay. Arizona State was. I got a lot of answers from there. I don't know if they pulled the trigger. I don't remember if they pulled the trigger though. But I was interested in going to Arizona State too, but then chose Washington State. Um, yeah, Washington State was cool. Yeah, go Cougs. Cougs, awesome. Yeah. So How was your at, experience in Washington yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. How'd you experience oh, in Washington I say, go? I say, yeah. yeah, it was smooth, bro. Like, what'd you learn there? How'd you grow as a player? So, man, the thing about Wazoo when I was there, man, like we had, we, there's a lot of changes. Two, I played for two, actually not too many changes. I played with two different coaches. Um, what year is this? This is twenty. The, for my freshman year, 2013, 14. Okay. And then we had Ken Bone. He got fired after that year. And then my sophomore and senior year, we had Kevin and uh, no, we had Ernie Kent. Ernie Ken, he and Coach Ken was cool. Um, it was just like the one thing about Washington State. I just wish the skill development was better, man. Like, yeah, because there was a lot of times with me being a gym rat. I was in the gym a lot by myself. Gotcha. And it's like sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I was putting shots, bro, like thousands, thousands of shots. But back then, I always had a hitch in my J. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm doing 1,000, 1,000 shots, then I'm getting better, but I still got this hitch in my J. Like, if someone would have told me back then, like, yo, you got to shoot one one motion, get the hitch out, and work me out how I should have been working out, like, things could be a lot different. But even even said, though, I was still shooting really good. Like, there was one time my – I was, like, a mid, through the midseason my junior year, I was shooting a better percentage of threes than Clay. Like, I was on pace to break his record of three-point percentage in the season or something like that. Then, Clay like, Thompson, by the way, guys. Yeah, Clay Thompson. <laughs> by the way. So then, um, yeah. So but then, like, something I fell off, like, and I just didn't shoot it as well. Ended up missing that, but um, little stuff like that. But overall, man, I wouldn't really trade it for. Where I met some great people over there, and um, played against some great players and stuff like that. I wish we would have won more, 
but I mean, it is what it is. I'm still doing good. So, um, but I play, I play some against some good players, bro. Like, well, they the Pac-12. Did they turn into? The yeah, Pac-12 no, they were Pac-12. They were Pac-12. Okay. Yeah, it was a Pac-12. Like my freshman okay. year, I played the best college team. Like I think anyone could play in that in that time, bro. It was it was Arizona, mm-hmm. and it had T.J. McConnell at the one, uh, Nick Johnson at the two, eight, Aaron Gordon at the three, Brandon Ashley at the four. They were and big, uh, what's Tar, Tar- Kanowski or Tarzuski, something like that, at the five, like big, mm-hmm. probably just seven foot dude. He looked like a like a Ken doll, just just strong <laughs> as hell. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then they had then had Gabe York and Ronnie Howard Jefferson coming off the bench, bro. Hollis Jefferson was, off the bench was crazy, bro. It was OD, <laughs> like they when they it was like real life, like an NBA NBA lineup in, in terms of height and athleticism, bro. They were so damn good. AG was out. He was so out of pocket, bro. Like, I remember this play. Like, <laughs> I remember this play so vividly. So, AG stole it, right? Boom. He stole from somebody. I think I was just about to get subbed in. He stole from somebody. And he's going. Hold on, let me change the camera so you can see. So, he's going this way. And my teammates on this way. If anyone listening who can't watch right now, they're like. Audio only listening. On the wing? Like, hey, we appreciate you looking out for them. <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you. So, I be tagging the podcast, bro. I know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> so they're about to meet at the basket from like half court. They just, you see it's going, they're going to come uh, together and like meet at the rim. So then, um, <laughs> so they're about to, so the AG's about to gather and this shit was so crazy, bro. So I'm thinking AG's about to just pull it back behind his shoulder or something like that. AB, AG really, he gathered, did a 180 and about to dunk it backwards on oh my hands. Like, I was like, bro, what in the, my man's, he ain't really tried, he ain't, he fouled him, but it, it wasn't like he tried to take him out the air. He just like kind of hit his hand and like, and uh, the ball went out. AG was shooting two free throws. Was but I was like, AG, you really a sicko. Like, yeah. the reverse. Uh, bro, who are you, bro? Calm down, bro. It was, it was crazy. It was did you crazy. not prep not your team? Let him know that he, he he's you not prep your team. Let him know that he gonna jump. <laughs> nah, bro. No, did they prep? You need to do no prep. Everyone in the gym knew. Like, come on, yeah, the next Blake like, Griffin basically during that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that shit was hilarious. Though. I was like, AG Wilder. So he's the best dunker you probably see in your life. Obviously, him, maybe Zach Levine or something like that. Like, in I know, I know this Levine robbed him, bro. Levine robbed bro, I, him. Thing is, I seen Zach way before. Zach Levine oh, like, been going crazy. Like, like yeah, he played so, at UCLA when you were at Wazoo. Yeah, he played at yeah. UCLA when I was at. It was our freshman years. Like, I got a story about Zach too. So we were Let's at that it. Nike camp. I was talking to you all about when I met mm-hmm. Steve Smith, right? Mm-hmm. So two weeks before I go to that camp, I'm playing in Vegas. And um, me and this like just light skin dude, super light skin. Zach, super light skin. I didn't know what yeah. that though. We yeah. going at it. We going at it, bro. Like okay. we going back and forth. It was a close game. Like I hit one three, boom. He come down. He do something, get a bucket. I come down, hit a hit another three, boom. And he comes down, and gets another bucket. It's like plus time. Then I ended it with a with three back to back three three back to back to back threes. Gamed it. And then after the after the game, we was talking for a little bit. Da da da. And then we just went our separate ways. And then two weeks passed. We go to this camp, and um, and I'm like looking down, and I look up because I'm in line to get my gear, and I look up, and he's right in front of me. I was like, "Hey, bro, you uh from the from Vegas?" He's like, "Oh yeah." Da, da, da. And we was talking and stuff. We get our gear. They give us like a backpack and some slides and stuff, right? And me and him, we're just chilling under a basket. 
just talking hoop, and then he just had the ball. And Zach was at this time he was probably like six two, six three, and I was maybe like five eleven, six foot maybe. And he just had, the, but he's just super lanky. So we're, talk, <laughs> have, we're talking right under the hoop, bro. And he just got the ball and then just like just in his slide, just jumped up with a back on and just dunked it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, I'm like, oh, what the, I'm like, what's happening? Like, and he's like, he's like, I, but he didn't know why I was looking at him. So I'm like, bro, that's not like normal because most people they need more energy, but it made it look. Like, he just made it look so effortless. Not nonchalant. Yeah, so nonchalant, bro. Yo. Crazy. So then once he uh, then his freshman year when he was doing all those dunks, and I don't know if y'all seen the uh, his draft highlights, his NBA draft workout mm-hmm. highlight. Mm-hmm. Bro, when I seen like him going in between the legs, all this stuff, I was like, bro, this dude is different, yes. bro. Yeah. But now Zach, Zach, he cool people's up. He cool people's um, yeah. So he, it was me, it was Zach, Ag, me, my freshman year. I think the year after that, they had Stanley Johnson. Yep. Um, Stanley. Pack the pack had Stanley. The year after that, I played against Lonzo my senior year. That was cool. Um, Did you go against Fox too, then maybe or no? No, no, no. Fox yeah. was in. Uh, no, Fox was in Kentucky. We didn't play. Yeah. Play them. Uh, SEC. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to think. For us. there's so many. There's oh yeah, you're right. Dudes every year, bro. Did um, you play against Kuzma? Or is he? Because he's a lot older. I did play probably... against Kuz. Yeah. I played against Kuz. Me and Kuz. I remember we. I have worked out for the Brooklyn Nets, and me and Kuz knew each other because we uh played against each other in the pack. And I was just asking. We were just talking about like a draft experience and so the draft workout stuff like that. And he was like, "Man, like." Like, yo, these workouts is easy, bro. Like, I'm good. <laughs> like, and the thing is, so I, before I left to, to uh, before I graduated, my um, one of my assistant coaches, I don't go say who it was, one of my assistant coaches said, like, did you see Kyle Kuzma declaring for the draft? I don't know what he's thinking. He got some bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did, yeah, he did go 27. <laughs> you know, he went 27, but everything yeah. happened. And he got now, a bag he now. He just signed for 100. Mm-hmm. 100 yeah, bucks, so, uh, he good. He good now for sure. Was DeJounte in college when you were well, say you played Houston, yeah? Played against, there's so many people that I it's just yeah, I played against DeJounte uh my junior year. He was going at it, I think one game, but he had Andrew Andrews too. UW was tough that year. Yeah. Um I, I had 28 on them. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, one game, but we, it was at the crib, and those games should be so lit. We ended up losing them. But I was like, and the score in college is kind of score. The score in college is tough, bro. And when I had twenty eight, I was like, bro, I'm gonna tap. For me to almost have thirty in a college game, I was just like, bro, what the fuck, like. But then it was against the players like that, Andrew Andrews, uh, Dejounte. You say play against Yeah, Marquise Chris. Marquise yeah. Chris was there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but yeah, Dejounte, he was tough, bro. Like 
He it was weird because like whenever I see him dribble back then, I always thought he was about to lose the ball. But he just <laughs> found a way to like yeah. to just keep it tight and then um and then he was all, he was like six five two with it, the craziest yeah. floater. He's long, like, he's real long. His floater his floater package as a freshman was insane, bro. Like, it's still like that. Yeah, no, day. it's still like that. He yeah. don't miss floaters, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. Any players that you kind of maybe you played against them that you kind of shocked? Maybe they kind of made it to the league. Maybe you said, you know they're shocked. Maybe you're like man, they really like put the work in. They made it to the league. Like you're like man, man. Uh, Derek White. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that was good. Yeah, Colorado Boulder right there. Yep. Yeah, I played against Derek White. I actually hit a game winner on him and his teammate in college. Oh, it was crazy. It was on both of them. Late he got a game winner now too. Now he got a game winner too. Now. Well, not D White. Vaughn's guy, and I, I'm not too surprised. I'm not too surprised, really, because I saw how good he was. It's just the fact that he started at a D two, mm-hmm. and really That's just right. continued to elevate is actually insane. Hustle so, like, you gotta give it up for guys like D White. Mm-hmm. Um, man, who else, bro? Oh, uh, what's my man's name from USC? Uh, he's on the Wolves now. Oh, Jordan McLaughlin or uh, Jordan McLaughlin. So the thing is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised by Jordan McLaughlin. He went to because um, Jordan McLaughlin's tough, bro. Like he's mm-hmm. tough. It's just the thing is that like it's just so it's just good to see him like really killing because like how do I even say this? Um, like guys like Jordan McLaughlin really don't get that chance sometimes mm-hmm. as they should, and he's really like maximizing it and stuff like that. So it's it dope to see that. Um, Jordan McLaughlin. Uh, I'm trying. To, I go by the schools. Uh, Cal, no, Stanford. Uh, There's a lot of a lot of talent in Pac-12, bro. Uh, <laughs> Especially back then. Oh, back then. um, Peyton Pritchard. Peyton oh Pritchard. yeah. He should. Oregon. The thing is, it's it, he's in a tough situation in Boston, bro. Because Pritchard got they game, got guards. Like, Pritchard got game, but it's just like when you're in that type of situation, bro. It's like. You know yeah, where the ball yeah. going, bro. Like keep it a stack. Like it's <laughs> going, it's going to Tatum man. and Brown, bro. And and Pritchard's the type of guy he works out so much. You can just tell he works out so much in the summer. No, to not get the chance to really like show the work you put in, I can tell that kind of eats eats at a guy like that. You know. But he um, he's been keeping his head down though, and when he finds opportunity, he for sure making some facts. shit shake in there. Facts, right? Yeah, he make that shit shake for sure. Like pause. Ooh. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. That's funny as hell. I'm trying to think though. Uh, real, real quick, Ike. I wanted to follow up on Peyton Pritchard because uh, you were mentioning how he's just kind of in a tough situation. But yeah. now the Celtics did trade Marcus Smart. They're the main that's piece true. they're bringing back is Porzingis, so that might open a door. Do you think that that's an opportunity he could seize? Because, like you were saying, obviously one A, one B, Tatum and Brown. But yeah. you think he might make a starting spot? Yeah, he's oh, for sure. Oh. I would, I would assume so. It's like, I would, cause it's like this. This might be it. Like this might be the chance, you know. So he gotta, mm-hmm. he for sure gotta, gotta make it count. Um, yes, for sure. And he's probably, probably working out all the time and stuff like that, trying to make sure that he's prepared for the moment. But, um, but yeah, he's probably he's for sure. I mean, anyone would in his situation. Like they just tra- traded away the starting PG. Like I'm, I gotta go get that, you know. So, as he should, yeah, as he should. Yeah, as he should. So he's probably thinking that for sure. Yeah, and Toddy was saying it. I guess I must have missed it. So, Toddy, Peyton Pritchard requested a trade from the Celtics. Is that something yeah, that I did? Yeah, I remember seeing that. Absolutely. 
Wait, wait, I thought, no, you, were jo- I thought you were joking, yeah. Vaughn. I swear to God, I thought you were joking. Oh, I didn't oh, know no. that. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know about that. Wow. I'm a Celtics fan, so. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. in, in tune, so. He really uh, did? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Quick hey. little tangent. I know this isn't about me, but in the AAU circle, we play against Peyton Pritchard, and our coach was like, all right, guys, three-time state player of the year at Oregon. I'm like, Oregon. Oh, give me a bus to walk in here and do this. Right, you like, you only be here about Hoopers coming out of Oregon, bro. Man, torched yeah. us. So, Peyton right. Pritchard, definitely, I show a lot of love. Facts, facts. So, well, like, it, we, oh, you got a shot. Kevin, nope, nope, nope. Kevin, we haven't heard from you in a while, so I want to hear what you got to ask. Definitely. So, we're still moving on from college. I know you entered your name into the draft your junior yeah. year, but you decided to come back. What were facts. the NBA scouts telling you that really made you want to come back for your senior season? Man, they was telling me a whole bunch of stuff, bro. They told me I had to get right. <laughs> I ain't going yeah. like, Hey, at least they be honest, bro. Nah, it was cool because the thing was, back then you really couldn't talk to agents and stuff like that, bro. Yeah. So it was like, so I knew this one guy who, I knew an agent, and this one guy was like homies of an agent trying to become an agent. And then he was like, I right, like, when you declare, let me be your agent, I'm going to find out what you got to work on. So like, I was like, all right, bro, like, it's cool. It was like, he needs to be more of a creator. Ball handling isn't where it should be. Um, really not a consistent shooter, blah, 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 blah. They were saying a whole bunch of stuff. And then I was like, all right. So I just took that and kind of just went into my senior year, got better. I think my senior year I shot like, I want to say like 38% from three or something like that. I'm like maybe like three attempts a game, two or three attempts a game. My free throws were like like high, like maybe mid or high 70s. I, was, I, was, I didn't know I was really shoot free throws back then, but now I'm good. I think this last season. I shot like 84, 85 or something like that. But um college senior year it was around like high eighties, I think, or high seventies or somewhere. And then um my assist numbers were whatever. I think it was like three. I might have like thirteen, like three and three. But I would pay the one, the two, the three. I was doing a lot because I was just so much more athletic than everybody. And then and I just like You could just go by people. I, yeah, he just had to put me out there and I just had to kinda of figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So going into your senior season, I know you're motivated to make it to the league. So once you finally sure. got to these, we mentioned it earlier with Kyle Kuzma talking about the pre-draft workouts. Can you, one, give us how many pre-draft workouts you had and kind of what it looks like from uh, the outsiders looking in because we only get to see what the, the teams put out on social media, the pictures. So give us an inside scoop of what a pre-draft workout really is. Bro, I will tell y'all the craziest story of anyone What year is this, too? Huh? What year is this, too? Oh, this is 2017, 17? summer, summer mm-hmm. 2017. Mm-hmm. I had the craziest um, first workout. So I think in total I had, I think, six workouts. Uh, one for the Jazz, the Kings, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, the Knicks, and Memphis. I feel like there was one more, but I'm pretty sure it was five. It was five. Yeah. So then um, – so we have, so I was with Wasserman back in this time. Wasserman is the agency, big time agency, right? And we had a draft day, draft, uh, not draft day, but pre-draft workout. And all the, it's when all the teams come in and stuff like that. So two weeks before you, or a week before you had a pre-draft workout, they put you in certain groups because they want to highlight you. So they're going to put a certain, gonna put you in a workout group that's going to be highlighted towards your skills. You know what I'm saying? So like all the guards are with each other and all the, well, all the guards are with each other, but all the PGs are with each other. All the shooting guards are with each other. The threes, the wings with each other. Four and five, same thing, right? So my group was me, uh, Nigel Williams-Goss, and LJ Rose. And there was a, 
uh, dude from Brazil, but I forgot what his name was. But I just remember my boy LJ, LJ Rose, myself, and Nigel Williams Goss, who was at Gonzaga, who just left Gonzaga, who uh, I think they went to the final, they went to the chip that year when they okay. lost to North Carolina, I think it was. So, um, so yeah, so it was us three. We're getting ready for this workout. They put us through the same workout every day. So when the day comes, when all the teams come, we're going to kill it, right? So we walk into the gym. This is day. Uh, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a damn, uh, like you know, like oh, like a ballet show. Like you go to the opera and it's like it's like lights on. It's yeah. like one of those, bro. Like you've been practicing all this choreography and stuff like that, and then we just all right, now it's time for us to really show it. So we walk into the gym, bro. It was at Santa Monica High School, and I promise you, I saw everyone that had to do anything with the NBA, all the big names, I, they was at that gym in my workout. It was, I saw Magic. I saw Magic Foster. <laughs> I saw, yeah, I saw Doc Rivers. Yeah. I saw Jerry West. The logo. Um, all their assistant coaches from all 32 teams, 30, 32, whatever, how many teams, they were there watching them, bro. And when wow. I told you, because my thing was, because they want each guy to do certain things. Like, they want Nigel. Nigel, you're a vocal person. Make sure you're always talking. LJ, you're extremely skilled, but you're not the most athletic. So when you go to the rim, don't do any layups. Don't try to dunk. Just do floaters. And then my thing was, Ike, anytime you go to the rim, do a crazy dunk. Anytime. <laughs> they told me. So yeah. I was like, all right, bro. So then, like, and this is when my adrenaline was going crazy, bro. So I, I was. Imagine. I, and the thing is, I'm a two for a jumper. Like, for, for me to jump off one, I have to, like, have, like, some type of speed and momentum. Yeah, well, I, I tell you, like, I'm brawn and shit. Like, <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing stuff I had never done before, bro. And, like, and then off that, I was – and the thing was, I couldn't miss. Like, my college coach, Ernie Kent, was there. And he came up to me after. He was like, I've never seen you shoot like that ever in my life. And I was like, yeah, bro. Like, I just been working on my shit, and it was time for me to show it, and I did my thing. And my agent at the time comes up to me and was like, yo, Ike, you're really going to um, – you, like, did well for yourself. So, like, things are going to happen for you. I was like, all right, cool. Like, I don't know what's really going on. I'm just I'm just here, bro. Like, because yeah. the thing, I didn't really have, a, like, a big homie really telling me, like, how to go about things. Like, mm-hmm. like I just knew, was hearing stuff from my agent. And I was like, all right, when it's time for me to perform, I just got to perform. So then um, so then a few days later, I'm at a yoga class down, down somewhere in Santa Monica. And we're, like, halfway – we're like 45 minutes in right now. I'm sweating and shit. And a guy from the front desk comes into the yoga class and was like, hey, we're going to Ike here. And I was like, yes, yeah, me. He's like, yo, your agent's on the phone. I was like, on the phone? He's like, yeah, he called He called the front desk. I was like, all right. I pick up the phone. My agent's like, Ike, I got a workout for you. You're going to work out with the Utah Jazz tomorrow afternoon. Where are oh, you? Sure. I was like, bro. Where am I? You know I'm at. I'm at this yoga studio. He's like, all right, I'm gonna get you an Uber to LAX, and you're gonna have a flight uh, from the yoga studio. From, straight from the yoga studio, <laughs> bro. I'm sweating, bro. And one of my pet, one of my biggest pet peeves in life is to is when I'm out in public sweating. Yeah. Like, I just I could sweat. Yeah, I don't take a though, shower. But when I have a fit on or stuff like that, and I'm like, bro, I gotta take a shower. So he's yeah. like, all right, you're gonna hop in the Uber. I got you a flight from LAX to Utah. Um, everything's gonna be taken care of. I didn't have any clothes. I just had my phone and uh, and my wallet, and that was it. Like wow. I didn't have no socks, no parachute, no and whatever shoes. yoga clothes. I didn't have nothing, bro. When I got to Utah, they put me in a nice suite. Uh, they gave me they gave me hella stuff, bro. Like hella socks and and all this stuff, all this gear, you know. 
So then um had my workout. It was cool. It was uh who's in there? Dwayne Bacon was there. Bacon. Um, bro, that was the PG from Michigan. Uh Derek. No, no, Derek, uh Derek Walton. Derek Walton, okay. Derek Walton was there. Uh Kennedy Meeks from from North Carolina was there. And um where's my other dude's name? What school did he go to? Oh, there's one. I forgot what school he went to, but he ended up playing with Milwaukee a little bit. But he was there. Oh, Sterling Brown, I think his name was. Oh, Sterling yeah. Brown. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, he was there too. Yeah, but it was that was a crazy experience, bro. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if everyone knows is listening in, but you did not mention the Clippers, but you did mention Doc Rivers. So we're gonna fast forward a bit. Facts, facts. So there's a story going out, Ike, that I'm gonna let you take over, but this, the the t- people on the podcast need to hear it. So I'll let you introduce it and line it up for us. Yeah, I told it's so funny now that I told it. I told this podcast, I told this story on the podcast a few times, and ever since then, it's like everyone really wants to know. I got y'all good. (laughs) So uh, so random day, bro, random day during the summer. I think it was NBA preseason going on, and at this time, I had the workouts. The draft already happened. Uh, Went to uh, yeah, went to summer league. Didn't play at all. Only played like last five minutes of last game. Whatever. So I'm like, all right, I got my name. I'm about to enter my name in the G League draft. And then um, it's, it could have been like a Wednesday, bro. I'm chilling. I just finished working out. I get back to my parents' crib because I was with my parents at the time. And I'm chilling watching TV. And when my team, one of my boys, Theo, he's with me. He We just worked out. We're watching uh, the Clippers play the Kings in preseason. And then my agent calls me. And I was like, I was like what are you calling me for? I pick up. And he's like, yo, Ike, how fast can you get to the airport? I was like, uh, get to the airport. Okay, it's like, it's we're right now. I can get there. I can get there in like 25, 30 minutes. He's like, well, I was like, why? What's up? He said, I, you're gonna be playing with the Clippers tonight against the Lakers. Pack a bag and leave in five minutes. No way. And I was like, bro, what? He's like, <laughs> I was like, wait. I was like, wait. What are you talking about? He's like, I, you are going to be playing with the Clippers tonight against the Lakers. And mind you, I'm watching the Clippers play on TV. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 I'm watching Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan on TV. Like, as I'm about to be on this team. Oh. Yeah, I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "You're gonna be, you're gonna be, you're gonna play with the Clippers tonight against the Lakers. Get to the airport." Yeah. I called my mom, so because my mom worked from home, I was like, "Mom, I need a ride to the airport." She was like, "Why?" She was, I was like, "Mom, I'm gonna go upstairs. I'm gonna pack a bag, take me to the airport because apparently I'm gonna be with the Clippers tonight." I don't, know, I don't know what's going on, Ma, but just take me to the airport. Wow. She's like, all right, whatever, boom, damn. Go upstairs for a quick minute, throw on a little fit. Because my agent was like, I put on a nice outfit because you're going to go through the tunnel and say, I was like, all right, whatever. So then. Uh, <laughs> leak fits, leak fits. Yeah, this, this, is before, this is before leak fits. Remember, I think my, my fit was nasty. So it wasn't nasty, but it wasn't crazy. I just had yeah, a yeah. long sleeve. Remember the remember the way Chelsea Boots had a chokehold on on dudes back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had all like a white long sleeve, some black jeans, and the Chelsea Boots, bro. So it was hilarious. This is 2017, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> then, uh, get to the airport, bro. Get through security, right? And like gate five says to LAX, and gate six says to Orange County. And then I was I was on the flight to Orange County. But I was like, I called my agent. I was like, yo, I'm on the flight to Orange County. He's like, no, I, you need to be on the flight to LAX. You go to Orange County, you're not going to make it in time. So I go what time LAX. is it? Huh? What time is it at this point? Uh, so this time, it's the game's at 7. This time, it's probably 1. It's probably like 1 in the, oh, one in the afternoon. You're not going to walk through or nothing. Yeah. You're going straight. No, bro, <laughs> so mind you, I just I finished the workout, bro. Like, 
like my legs was pretty tired. So I get to the airport and all that stuff. I get to the gate. Uh, LAX is full. Like, oh, yeah. LAX is full, and I can't go to Orange County. Also, I'm missing game. So I'm like, yo, this is the last preseason game of the season or the, of the preseason. So it's like I oh, can't shit. make the next one. This is it or nothing, bro. Yeah. But then um, I'm like, I'm like, yo, like LAX is full. So I like, you need to be on that flight. And then I went up to the lady, whoever it was. I was like, yo. Um, I got this game. <laughs> I, got, I know it sounds crazy right now, but yeah. like, with the Clippers against the Lakers, like I got to be on the flight. Please, like whatever you need, like nobody you on need TV? me to do. Like I just need to be on the flight. She's like, okay, like I'm gonna see what I can do. Gets me on the flight, bro. Crazy. So then get on the flight. Now I'm just like, bro, like this shit really about to happen. Like I'm really about to play uh, with the Clippers. I remember showing a little taking a picture on fucking Snapchat back then. And I kind of like, yo, I'm about to uh, stay, everyone stay tuned. You know, yeah. boy, you know, it was TNT. It was TNT. Your boy the game was on TNT. TNT. That's crazy. Like, what was I talking about? I was like, bro, yeah. what? So then, um, so I get there, get to the, we land in LAX. They got like, a driver and then they got D Brown. D Brown was the GM of the, their G League team, but like assistant GM for the Clippers or something like that. With like, mm-hmm. It was something, something like that. Yeah, they had the car for us. We get in the car, big SUV type of thing, deal. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, we get in the car, and he's like, he opens up his map, and he's like, all right, all right, this is what we're running. Show me the sets, all this stuff. I don't, mm-hmm. While we're going on our way to Staples Center, what's now uh, Crypto Arena. Yeah. So, like, we're watching all this all this film. I'm seeing all these actions. And my, my thing was, all right, look. I knew from the jump, I'm not going to remember all these plays. I'm just, yeah. this, 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 yeah. this, this, no way. Yeah. But, what do, but, but the thing is, for me, it's like, let me make this simple as possible. I know in basketball, if you don't know what you're doing, go sit in the corner. So yeah. I was like, I knew if any, there was any point where I didn't know what I was doing, I was sitting in the corner and I was going to swing the ball. I just knew, like, those two things I knew how to do. Because yeah. I because. You just, you just know it, bro. So I Basketball just, IQ. Yes, yeah, so I just knew from being smart, if I don't know yeah. what I'm doing, I'm just give someone else the ball and get the hell out the way, bro, like, straight <laughs> up. So then, um, so he showed me all these things, like, cool, whatever, they just doing all these, like, floppy actions, delay actions, all that stuff. I was like, okay, I could five out, um, guy goes towards you, either go back door or come off the handoff, just, and then we come, you go back door, finish your route, go all the way through to the weak side, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I know how to do that stuff, bro. So then we get there, and then I'm thinking, all right, I'm finna warm up, all this stuff. They was like, nah, I, you got to do a, um, you got to get a physical. So I got had to take a EKG test for my heart. So I, they put me in this, uh, and it's like, they take me to this like little weight room in the back. Yeah. And then uh, I see Blake. And this song like, hooked me up. Blake Griffin, shit. by the way, guys. Yeah. Let me say, I don't know these dudes. I just, yeah. everyone, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I see Blake Griffin. And then I'm talking to the Clippers people. They're strapped. They're putting all these little monitors on my chest. I look crazy, bro. And then um, I'm like, I'm yeah, I look, I look crazy. So then yeah. um, Blake was like, "Oh, bro, what's your name?" I was like, "I was like, all right, Blake, nice to meet you." Dude. I was like, bro, "I know you." Bro. <laughs> <laughs> like what? So then, uh, so then I start, I start getting on the treadmill, and then funny thing is, oh my gosh, I forgot to tell y'all a story. 
but so before if you pause this I, so two years before this i met alice caruso at this captain's camp in ohio right mm-hmm. wow and ac we, we got cooled in right and so fast forward he's on a two-way with the clippers or with the lakers i mean wow so and this is when this is when he was his first two-way so and this is the last preseason game so he had to he had to make it count bro like, yeah. mm-hmm. like he really had to make it count so then ac walks into the locker room he's like i i was yeah. like bro <laughs> I don't even know. I'm here, brother. That's all that matters. I was like, bro, they called me, bro. I was working out. They called me. My agent got me on the flight. I'm just here, bro. Like, yeah. I'm just going with it. I don't know what's line. going on, bro. Yeah. So then, um, so I see AC. I go through the physical. Then once I finish the physical, I go, uh, I go and um, I get on the court. And the one thing people don't tell you about the NBA three, bro, is yeah. They don't feel people don't realize how big of a difference it is from the college three to the NBA three, bro. Mm-hmm. It was like it was tough for me to get to get the ball to rim. It's it's improved way like drastically since then. Yeah. But I just remember thinking, I was like, bro, how am I gonna shoot accurately, bro? Like yeah. I can't, I can't, I could not get to the ball, get the ball to rim. I remember Brandon Ingram has said that too. Like his first few years in the league, he couldn't get the ball to the rim either. Like it's a crazy jump you gotta make. But mm-hmm. um, so anyways, I'm going through the warm up and stuff like that. I was super tired, bro. But like, this is like, cause I just did. I just ran like two miles on the treadmill. Two I miles. Like, I had worked out at like nine a.m. that day. By this time, it's like five, bro. The game hasn't even started yet, bro. Like, I still mm-hmm. gotta get. <laughs> I still gotta gotta hoop in the game. Yeah. So then, fast forward, finish that. Doc Doc has his meeting in the um in the locker. Doc was on the team at this time too. Oh, bro, it was. It's Lob City, yeah. Blake, yeah. Lob City. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. CP wasn't there. I think CP had just left to Houston. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, oh, so was, okay. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah, he just left to Houston. So it was Pat Blake's Bay, Austin, still there. Austin Rivers, uh, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Um, Mid-transition, think, basically. Was Lil yeah, on that team? I think Zubak was a rookie. Just had just got drafted. And then, mm-hmm. Was yeah, Lil so Williams then, on that team? You said who? Lil Williams. Lil Williams. How Lil can Will. I give him that? How can I get Lil Will? Lil Will for sure was on that team. And shout yeah, out to Lil Will, bro. Because once... Uh, Doc Rivers finishes um, what he was saying. Yeah, we all go to the end of the tunnel, man, and like put our hands in, and and uh, Lou Will starts breaking the huddle down. He was like, "Hey, my man right here," and he t- sorry, he tapped me on the face. Like my man right here came all the way from SAC straight off the flight. Like, That's crazy. Sure we show him a lot of love and stuff like that, and I really appreciated that, bro, because he didn't have to do that. Oh, gee, yeah, That's that was time. really. No, I really appreciate that. That probably helped man. you too, huh? Take a little Hell deep yeah. breath for your <laughs> first NBA moment right here. Yeah, I was like, I'm, about to, I'm about to show yeah. up. And the thing was, I was like, I was like standing next to Lou. I was like, I saw a size of him. I was like, shit. Like, <laughs> like I'm for sure. I'm for sure can be sure. No, yeah. You for sure no, get that I'm confidence good. for sure. I bet. Nah, hundred percent. So then, um, so then the game started. I mean, I, I didn't even play in the first quarter, bro. Did, Did they tell you or anything? You were gonna get minutes how the night from the go? Yeah, 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 bro. Like I, that? I, right when I got there, I seen Doc Rivers. Um, he was like, "Oh, you're right." I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I, right, hey man, like, be ready to play forty tonight." That's what he told me. Be ready to play 40, 48. He said, "Be ready to play 48. Yeah. I was like, "I was like, say less." Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting all the minutes. Yeah. Like, I was, I was like, "Bro, I'm just like, I'm here, bro. Like, I'm whatever you need, I got you." So then, uh, so then, yeah, then playing the first quarter, and then I got in at the start of the second quarter, and um, and it was just like I was just like, my fault. Let me pause. I'm talking too fast. When you walk into Staples, bro, Staples Center has like a weird what's now crypto. It has like a weird glow, bro. 
Like, mm-hmm. like there's like a fog, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's really like a spotlight. Like all yeah. the light is just on the court. So there's like a fog when you you don't see it on TV, but if you go to the game, people know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So then, um, so then some I'm people like, might call it the house that Kobe built. Yeah, facts. <laughs> call it that. And then, um, and it's funny. I was playing with the Clippers, but I saw nothing but Kobe picks everywhere. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. So then, um, see, so I'm on the court and stuff like that. He, uh, Doc Rivers was like, "All right, I get in. I sub in, bro." Man, I look crazy, bro. Baggy jersey, baggy <laughs> shorts. Oh, you got the clip right there, number nine. <laughs> Nasty number, bro. Yeah. Nasty number, bro. Nasty. But, um, hey, you trying to finish on the other side, though? Nah, I think good. I missed. I think I missed that. I'm <laughs> not really too sure, bro. It was tough. That's tough, though. But um, but yeah, when I got in the game, I was just like, I went up and down once, once. I played one time on offense, one time on defense, and I was like, bro, I'm here. Like, yeah. now I started, got, I started like getting into the game and guys are talking on defense. I'm like, bro, I know everything these guys are, are talking about, bro. Like, this ain't nothing. This ain't nothing new. And I it's just basketball. Huh? It, just, it was just basketball Yeah, it was just hoop. You. It was just hoop. Yeah. And then Carl Pope, he came up to me and was like, hey, bro, how you doing, bro? I was like, bro, I'm chilling, bro. Like, what's up with you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who's so on that was, Laker team at that time? Oh, bro, it was, it was, it was nice. Lonzo, did, he was on the team, but he didn't play. So it was AC, Alex Caruso, Granite Ingram. Uh, Caldwell Pope, Julius Randle, the youngins. Oh, they was on that team, yeah. Uh, Rob Lopez, um, Rob Lopez, um, Kyle Kuzma, Kuz, yes, Kuz yeah. was there too. Was Clarkson still on the team? Jordan Clarkson, I think he was, but he didn't play. Gotcha. I think he, I'm pretty sure he was, but he didn't play. But, um, yeah, so yeah, all those dudes were on the team, bro. And I remember all the family England was guarding me. And he just put his arms out, bro. And, bro, I was like, I long was like, yo, I was like yeah. bro, what? Like, he had his wingspan was like seven two or some crazy yeah, shit, bro. I was, bro. Say, I was yeah, like, that's seven, that's insane. Wingspan. But nah, it was it was a cool, it was a crazy experience, bro. Because like, I got kind of got lost in the game and just started doing my thing, caught a little tip dunk. I was wide after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna bro, say, was so like, were you able to calm down and just you know play by basketball, and then did you not think about nothing else during that yeah, moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it was e- it was easy, bro. It was easy, especially like. Cause at the end of the day, bro, this is what I do every day. So I was mm-hmm. like, I know how to hoop, bro. You know, and with so the situation was, was crazy. Cause me flying in like that, I was just mm-hmm. like, bro, like insane experience. Yeah, From I was like, I can't do no, I can't LA. do no wrong, bro. Like I knew it was only up. So yeah, it was a, it was a crazy. That was a crazy, cra- probably the craziest day of my life for real. What was the uh, post reaction? Well, how's the phone blowing up? What's everyone saying? They see you with the bro, tip done. What's phone, happening? I got my phone right here, bro. So my phone, like, I couldn't use it for like. uh for, the, for 30 minutes after the game because it was it was like it was like it was next to my seat I and mean, it was literally like jumping off my seat like my phone was vibrating crazy people yeah. people from second grade was hitting my line like oh hey, yeah everyone's hitting <laughs> the block now bro, it was wild bro it was so crazy bro Showing like, all the I, it was wild it was wild what was the post game preference uh post game like for you kind of after the, the you said the post game what the post game press conference where you know people. Oh, ask it was cool. Stuff. It was cool. They like all, all these cameras in my face. I was like, man, just smile, just have fun with it. Yeah. Um, now nah, it was cool. They saw asked me about the what my day was like, and I was like, bro, like I don't know, woke up today, and got a call, and I'm just in L.A. I'm in L.A. <laughs> yeah, on, you know on the big screen. Though, so, yeah, yeah, no, nah, that was uh, it was definitely it was definitely a cool moment. 
Um, Hopefully you got a little solid bag that day too, bro. <laughs> you said what? Hopefully you got a little solid bag that day too nah, for the one day. Nah, for sure. No, no, no. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. It was uh, the fact that it was just off one. So I got what I got. I'm not going to say the exact amount, but yeah. you get paid for all those games, mm-hmm. right? But I got paid as if I played like six preseason games. Yeah. Oh, right, they got yeah, you right yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it was it was very smooth. It was very smooth. So I wanted to ask you about that since you you flew. I mean, you, sounds like you've had a lot of those situations between the the workout in Utah and then now yeah, with an actual man. game day. And like, I, I'm just a fan. At the end of the day, like I'm trying to be a journalist in in, in the NBA or some type of professional sport sure. one day. But as of right now, I'm just a fan. And as a fan, I've seen players talk about when they have travel issues. I, I think uh, mostly about like Portland where Kevin's at in the Pacific Northwest, where they've had a couple of days where because of snow, they couldn't fly out until the day of a game. And so what were some of the biggest differences for you just in your experience from like when you were at Washington, obviously having plenty of road trips where you had time to prepare versus a situation like that, where you're traveling day of and you're just thrown into the fire. Me and my family got this thing. We say it's like, you say can't get no worse. Like, hey man, this is what no we got, worse. bro. Like, you uh, just gotta make it, gotta make it shake. You like, uh, you gotta make it work, bro. So, but situations like that, it's like, especially with me flying in, they call me last minute. I was like, bro, what, what can they expect? Want to come out here and drop fifty? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try, but like, like here we go. Like, I can't do any bad. I can't do bad, bro. I can't, it's only up from here. So, but situation like that, I was like, I'm gonna just have fun with it and then end up doing my thing. It was, it was a cool experience. Any, Do you uh, see it making a huge difference? I'm sorry, Gary. I just wanted to follow up on that one last time. Do you see it making a huge difference, though, like on on a game to game basis in terms yeah, of like yeah, you're, you're you really affected a lot? You definitely more? don't want to be on anything random like all the time during game days, bro. Like, like I have a I, right now for sure as a pro. Like I have a routine. I do night before game and day of the game for that for the night of the game. You know, because. My preparation for games starts night the night before. Sometimes yeah. they used to start two nights before, but then I kind of like got better with it. But night before game is when my preparation starts for the game the next day. So I mean, with that situation, it was really like, like, it is what it is, bro. It's just gotta make it work. But when you when I know like I have things planned out because that's how usually things work. I know like things like it does. It's not always random. It's just like once in a blue moon type of thing. Yeah, thanks yeah. for explaining that. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah. I was just gonna ask real quick to back to the NBA story real quick. What did you get any advice from anyone? You know, I bet you everyone's probably telling you something, but any advice that sticked with you from you learned from any of those guys you're in the locker room with, or maybe anything that you just learned from just being on the NBA for obviously I gave you some confidence, like you said that like you should be here. But anything else along those lines that you feel like you really learned at that moment? <laughs> yeah. Achieving um, your dream, to be honest. Yeah, and I shout and I shout out to Pat Bev, bro, because I was talking to him a little bit on the bench. Um, and stuff like that because I was sitting next to him because the thing was after Lou Will said that because most of the rookies they got to sit um, the rookies got to sit on the floor or at the end of the bench but okay. because my situation was so crazy they let me sit up front with the vets and stuff like that you know so it was really looking out so I was talking to Pat Bev and I was like hey bro like because I heard the story about Pat Bev when he was in Houston and like when Jeremy Lin was there that he was that he picked Jeremy Lin like 10 times in practice so I wanted to ask. So I was like, right? I was like, hey, bro, like, I heard this story. Like, how many times did you really pick uh, uh, Jeremy Lin when uh, that first practice in Houston? I heard it was 10 times. And he was like, nah, bro, it wasn't 10. It was 26. 
Pat Ben fashion, bro. That's the type of answer you're gonna get. So yeah. then I was like, I was like, they were in Houston together. That's right. No, yeah, Pat Bev was cool. He was he was real cool. So then, um, so then fast forward, I'm playing in the G League, right? And then we just played in the G League. I played in the G League showcase. I played cool. I think the first game was whatever, whatever but the second game was on ESPN. I had like, I think I had like 22, 22 points, seven assists, like maybe four or five rebounds or something like that. Yeah. And then it was in Toronto. So then we fly all the way back to LA, and um. I would get since I was on the G League team, they would give me passes to go to uh to go to Staples and I could be like in the in the locker room with the team and stuff like that. They'd be passed to the game. That's so crazy. I remember one time after the game, I pulled up to the locker room and I'm t- and I see Pat Bev and everybody and stuff like that. And Pat was like, "Hey, bro, like I see you, bro. Like you was really cutting in the showcase." And I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "Hey, bro, I appreciate that." But then after, I'm like, "Damn, he like." He really like tuned in, you know what, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, cause you think guys in the league, they not watching none of that stuff. They just focus mm-hmm. on what they got going on. But for him to like tap in and really like show show me how he see me and like appreciate the game I had, I really appreciate that for sure. We, so we, we want to be respectful yeah. of. Uh, I, I I gotta get I gotta get better at at the. No, nah, that's cool. That's cool. I ain't tripping. Well, that, that's something that we were talking about before you jumped on is like in this age, ever since COVID, like everything's on Zoom and everything. And so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I got to figure out a way for, for me to be better in sync. But uh, Kevin, Kevin's going to take it because we want to be respectful of your time and get you out of here. Uh, sure, no yes, doubt. definitely, man. We want, once again, we want to thank you for coming on the show, man. You were all the great insight. We, we really look forward to it. And you, you deliver, man. So <laughs> gotcha, we, we, we see the bling on your neck, man. Go ahead and tell share with yes, the listeners sir, what, what, yes, the, what the bling let stand me, for. Closer, go ahead. Bro. Go ahead. Let, let me see. Okay. Yes, sir. JKG, man. Starting stands for Just Keep Going Worldwide. And basically, um, the brand, bro. So, in life, I feel like everyone, no matter if you're a hooper or like yourself, uh, like yourself, Sean, trying to be a journalist, uh, you're going to have uh, ups and downs. By the end of the day, you just got to keep going. So, JKG, Just Keep Going. Um, shout out to the brand. I sold out of these pretty fast. So, I'm re-upping and restocking pretty soon. Uh, but hit the hit the uh, hit the IG, Twitter, just keep going worldwide at just keep going worldwide, and uh, hit the hit the link in the bio to head to the shop and hit, get some merch. And um, but yeah, so that's the brand, and I hope you know everyone has to do it. So JKG to the world, man. Straight up, to the world, man. Facts, facts. Some positivity, brother. Lifetime oh, yeah. the chains come through, man. Y'all gonna see me come with one, man. I, I gotta <laughs> grab yeah, one. I've been seeing all the videos. Yeah, you put them right, on, bro. people. Get you, get you I'm gonna come personally. Hey, bro, support real, man. Appreciate support, you, bro. Man. Oh, yes, man. I just wanna just wanna shout out for the four of us or the three of us, including me. Just we really appreciate it, man. And just keep doing what you're doing, man. You keep putting on for the city, and oh, we're yeah. definitely paying attention. Ty, I'll let you close it out. Appreciate one, love. Got one last question for you. We talked about this earlier earlier in the show. I need your top five hoop mixtapes like ever in like the history because this is just something you know growing up me and kev watched a lot of i'll just say a couple of people that we used to watch when we were high school you graduated a little bit before us so guys that me and kev used to watch were uh you mentioned dwayne bacon he was a guy i used to watch a lot growing up in high school super tough Um, super smooth uh Corey sanders another guy who i I used to watch i played against him before yep Um, um trevor dunbar obviously my boy um which is insane. Um, yeah. Stanley, Stanley Johnson is a guy. Stanley, I, actually, I went to go watch him when he came out here. They played the state championship against Stan, Modern Stanley, Day. Stanley, Stanley, yeah. the best. Uh, Stanley got probably maybe one 
maybe the best high school resume ever. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah. I could I could definitely agree with you because he was a guy yeah. I just watched growing up. Um, you mentioned that he was probably he was on the soldiers team, but he was under you. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you could just name goats like John Wall. He's been up there. Brandon Jennings. Yeah, top five. Ky- I mean, Kyrie I got Irving. Top five. Yeah. It's uh number one easily John Wall number one. Um, his mm-hmm. mixtape, I probably watched when he came when his mixtape came out, bro. It, it kind of like shifted the culture, bro. Like his yeah. mixtape was crazy. That who mixtape yeah. when John Wall, bro? Nah, that's what he was saying. Shaking bro. everybody. Yeah, yeah. So John Wall number one, uh, Austin Rivers number two. Woo! People forget how hot raw he was. Nice. But Austin Rivers senior mixtape, I'm John Forty right now. <laughs> <laughs> like nah, he was super tough. Yeah. Um, I watched that thousands of times. Um, and then this is where it kind of like goes from my preference, right? Yeah, yeah. So then number three, number three, I'm gonna say no, actually this is easy. This ain't even on YouTube no more, I don't think. Derek Rose's senior D year Rose, who, who, his hoop mixtape though, there's a ball yeah. right but the hoop, hoop mixtape D Rose, yep. Nah, bro, that's number three for sure. Easy, bro. Yeah. Um and then number four, I'm gonna go uh Brandon Jennings. Whew. Brandon Jennings and then number mm-hmm. four. Um, I think his boss life one, his boss life one was fire. It was yeah. like it's like eight minutes long. I watched the whole thing. It <laughs> <laughs> was crazy. Um and then number five, I'm gonna go Josiah Turner's uh Josiah because yeah. I, I watched that, I watched that mixtape religiously, bro. Like Religiously, I watched that mixtape religiously. So yeah, Josiah Turner seeing your YF mixtape number five for sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and yeah, but that's my that's my that's my top five mixtape. That's all top five for sure. Facts. 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 All right, Ike. Well, we really appreciate you for joining us, and uh, no thank you so much. And everyone, make sure to follow. Just keep going worldwide. I, I love the message, and uh, it's it's tough out here just trying to make it in journalism in general. And so I appreciate the message, and I, I believe it a hundred percent. Just yes, thank sir. you so much for your time tonight. Kg, my us. boy. All right, appreciate y'all. y'all be you, easy. All right, brother. Sir. Appreciate your time. All right, bro. It's good. Peace. Take it easy, man. Sorry. Yep. All right, so here we are on episode number 41 of Stats Over Politics. Thank you to Ike for joining us. We really appreciate awesome him that? and his time. That was super awesome. Sure. I mean, oh, let's, yeah, just, let, Tati, let's just give some, some early reactions. What was your favorite part of that interview? Just him just going through, like, the transition from him going from Franklin to, like, inner, I wouldn't say international, like, on a national scale where he's going to, like, all the camps and seeing guys like Zach Levine playing against – you know, going to Oak Hill, playing against guys like D'Lo, Ben Simmons, um, and then, you know, going to college. And him just being really cool with uh, Aaron Gordon <laughs> and uh, Trevor Dunbar. Trevor Dunbar is a guy that I used to watch religiously, religiously. in high school. <laughs> like, Shift Team was like a whole movement. It was – it took, like, the whole, like, country by storm, like – who just basketball. I think he went to like St. Ignatius. St. Ignatius, yeah. It's in it's in like the Bay Area or something like that. So just for him to just be on the same team as him and just, you know, just, it's just crazy. And then the Zach Levine story was pretty crazy too, where he was like in, in slides. With a full game. backpack. <laughs> backpack on. Just like, like you're, you're, you might be in the dunk contest one day. <laughs> so. Uh, oh, yeah, and he was talking about how Brown was at his AU game. That's also pretty insane, too. So just all of the just little mini hoop stories of being in just AU in general, you kind of go through it. As me and Kev probably went through it more than you 
you guys did, but um, just the whole AU culture, how it was just in high school and just how you just talked about the experience, I thought it was crazy. What do you think, Gary? I just love when we have guys on here from SAC, you know what I'm saying, born and representing the city well and, you know what I'm saying, showing that anything's possible, all the way made it to a league day, got a, got a, day, got a chance to play in the NBA uh, one of those days, you know, and just keep going and following his dreams. So just like his uh, his uh, just keep going worldwide uh, statement and his brand, just, just love all that, to be honest with you. Great interview, great guy, to be honest. Shout Kev, out to this Kev too. That you brought on. I was Shout out to, to Kev say, too for you. all the background information too. Right, you know trying to make sure we all right. He said but my favorite part. Here. My favorite part was every time we heard a North Carolina, I look at the screen. <laughs> oh, you see, he's talking about this. He go, and then it go back to the corner. Every North Carolina go, and then go back to the corner. So that by far was the best part about it, but. Yeah, I've known Ike for a while, and he's been the same guy. And you would think, you know, going to Oak Hill and playing in the NBA, and he, we didn't get into it, but him being overseas and being an all-star game MVP, you think he'd walk around with this kind of ego, but he's just helping us out, you know, where it was up-and-coming podcast, and he was all down and excited to come on. So just wanted to show love for him and him just showing love for us. And, you know, it just goes back to what uh, Gary was saying. You know, Sacramento is, is really undervalued, but we all stick together, and it, it shows out. So what, what was your favorite part of the interview, Sean? Man, one thing that I did pick up on, but I I didn't want to jump in too much, is that Toddy asked him who he thought the best dunker ever was. That's when he talked about Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. I don't think he actually gave us a a locked in answer on that. Uh, So I was I was going to follow up on that, but I didn't want to I didn't want to jump in too much. But my, my favorite part, honestly, was just hearing all the different names that he was mentioning, like the 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 notable guys the the big household names that he saw like at that level and not only on a high school level but also just uh on the aau circuit and everything and so i just thought it was awesome got to learn a lot more about him and also my other favorite part was just the insider knowledge kind of as you guys were saying just like because like i was saying earlier like i tried out for my high school basketball team didn't even make my high school basketball team so to hear things like on a deeper level and like how, like I always like as a really young kid before I realized my athletic ability wasn't there, but as a young kid, I dreamed of doing things like I got to do. And so to hear his perspective was really awesome. Yeah. He walked into the Clipper locker room and was like, yeah, I was talking to Blake. Yeah. Blake Griffin guys. <laughs> right. It's just casual. It's just my, my man, Blake. He jumped over a car. <laughs> he jumped over a car. <laughs> so. The hood of a car, but yeah, he, he did jump over a car. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That time, ladies and gentlemen, I know the interview went and we killed it, but we still got another about 15, 20 minutes. So we, we got some content for you guys. So we're going to kill it. So we're going to start with fact or cap. So for all the day one listeners, you know that Toddy and or not Toddy, specifically Gary will say, Kevin, man, we need that. We need some preparation because Sean always gets a little insight because I always send him the question. So Toddy and Gary are always the ones sitting on the outside looking in. So I've been giving some research. So I tell everybody to come with your top 10 all time. And Gary, I'm going to go to you first. The question, fact or cap, Kevin Durant is in the top 10 all time for NBA Aww. basketball. You, you wouldn't give a guy that's like on the brink for me, Kev. Ah, uh, I'm going to say cap. I'm not going to put Kevin Durant just in the top 10 just yet. Um, I, to be honest with you, 
I always have to differentiate every single time. I don't know why I just like to say it. My personal top 10, yes, I'm not going to lie with my own eyes. He has to make my top 10. He's one of the best players I've ever watched with my own two eyes. I'm not going to lie. So that's not – no debate here. But when we put uh, – well, I'm talking about – I'm talking about gen- <laughs> overall, Sean. There's a difference from me showing what you've seen with your eyes and what you have seen through past knowledge and told to you. How do you, how do you base your opinion? How do you base your opinion off what you see with your eyes, right? Okay, that's just why I misunderstood. No, okay, that's what I meant. Two things. So anyways, but he's not going to be in my top 10. I think I have Kirby right here edging him out. I love I got LeBron, Akeem. It's not no order. MJ, Tim Duncan, Kobe, Larry Bird, Shaq, and Curry right there. So I think I said a cream. You right? say yeah. cream. That's the crazy part. That's no, crazy. cream. I meant cream. No, no, no. I said man. I, I was said about Kareem. to say I heard Hakeem. I was like, all right. No, I meant Kareem <laughs> and Hakeem. I just meant throw both of them in there. So that's my oh, top ten right there. So he's right on the brink. That's he's tough. right there at eleven. He's right there at eleven, bro. Like I think he's right there. Literally, it's him and Curry really fighting for that last spot, ten spot right now at the moment. At the moment, we don't know. Giannis is coming down the pipe. You never know. Jokic just put a ring on his finger, so we don't know. So. I think, but Kevin Durant for show is top ten, my personal, but is not top ten all the time. <laughs> Love you, though, Katie. All right, Sean, I'm gonna go to you next. Factor cap is Kevin Durant already a top ten basketball player of all time? Kevin, why do you do this to us? Why, why <laughs> he always likes to add the edge ones. That's what gets us in trouble for show. Well, this is why I have TikTok coming after me constantly. <laughs> hey, hey, Sean, with a passion. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with cap as well. Uh, because kind of just like we were talking about last week with Patrick Mahomes, I do think he will be there, but as of right now, do you like Gary said, right on the edge? Yeah, Gary, I do because of what he's already done. And if he wins a ring with the Phoenix suns, that just adds to the resume and the legacy to be able to get into that top 10. I'm right there with Gary. Uh, I think he said a lot of the same thoughts that I had, which is why I wanted him to stand on his opinion instead of caring about what other people's top tens might look like. We are asking what our own top tens are, Gary. So that's why I wanted to I depreciate what, what I seen what, and what I haven't seen. I didn't see Michael Dorn play. Let's be honest. You didn't. I was, he was last championship was 98. I was born in 98. I didn't see that, but I educated myself on what he did. But what did I see him? No, I did not see him. I seen LeBron. That's why he's my personal GOAT. Just want to explain that. Anyways, go ahead. Well, I mean the the flaw I see in that argument yeah, right, is you. that you you look at you look at the top ten list that you might have, and I guarantee you that you had, did not watch more than half of those players because you look at the no, list. Players, you might have Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. Half of Kobe's career, because let's be real, mm-hmm. did you really start watching Kobe until like 2004, 2005, when you're like six, seven years old? Yeah, I was young and watching Kobe for show. Yeah, but that's probably the earliest that you watched, yeah. right? And that's that's almost half his career. And so my point is, is that you can't really make the argument about not getting to see guys, but just what I've seen from YouTube, because we do have a thing called the YouTube, as you can follow us at Stats Over Politics. But just based on what I've seen, he's right on the fringe for me as well, Gary. Uh, but he will be there soon. All right, Toddy, are you going to make it three for three? Fact or cap? Is Kevin Durant already top ten all time? I'm going to say cap. Um, I'm just—it's a really—it's like a fraternity of the top ten. Like if you just look at the guys, like is he better than Kobe? Is he better than LeBron? Is he better than, like Gary said, Tim Duncan? Kareem's in there. Magic's in there. Um, Curry. I mean, Curry's a guy who's changed the game. So it's just like, is he better than those guys? Let's just look at the guys that, you know, 
kind of went early in his career that he came in with. Like, D-Wade's kind of in there. Um, like, it's just so many guys that are top, like, top 10 is like, you, like, has something to do with changing the game. Um, I don't know if Kevin Durant changed the game, but he changed it in the aspect of, like, okay. The big can really shoot from far. I'm not going to lie. He did put not, that in there. Like, I would say Dirk would, had a little bit to do with that as far as guys that can, like, He shoot. extended it, though. But it, KD took it to a different level. Like, all right, I'm seven foot. I can, I can pull it from 30. I can go by you. I can mix you, put you on the mixtape and do all this. Like, Kevin Durant changed it from that aspect, but it's like, there's no one going to be like him. So it's like, he changed it, yeah, but there's not going to be another Kevin Durant. People like to say Wimbenyama could be that guy, but I don't think he has the handle shape that Kevin Durant has. Um, as far as my top 10 goes, I'm not going to put this anywhere. LeBron, Michael Jordan, got um, Kareem, you got Magic, Kobe's in there. That's like five already. You got Tim Duncan in there. Um, Bird. Bird. I think, yeah, Larry Bird's in there. Steph Curry's probably got to be in there. Um, um, Shaq? Seven. Yeah, Shaq's in there. Like, it's just like, there's guys in there. That top 10, it's like, it's, it's tough to put him in there. I feel like when it's all said and done, he might be like top 15, top 20. But I don't know if he's going to be in that top 10. So I'm going to say Captain. Top 10 I love to watch, Sean. Jeez, there you go. So this is going to be the first factor cap segment where everybody agrees because I'm yeah. going to go cap as well. But the one thing I did struggle with, that 10th spot, do you that go the light-skinned killer or do you go KD? I Like you guys had mentioned, the top nine already solidified. We have Braun, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Kareem, Magic, Kobe, Shaq, Wilt, Tim Duncan. But it's that 10th spot. Are you going to put KD? You're going to put Steph. I'm personally going to go Steph and Curry. I just think KD hasn't really done enough by himself. You know, all these guys have been finals MVPs of all their rings, and he's done it themselves, and they won't ever really consider the number two option. So I just think Kevin Durant has still a lot to prove. Like Sean mentioned, if he wins one with the Phoenix Suns and we have this factor cap after the season, I might have a different answer for you. But as of right now, uh, he's right there at 11 for me as well. If everything goes right for him in Brooklyn, he might be on top. Oh, let me play the DA then. Well, to be determined, I would say for Kevin Durant. <laughs> to be determined, because I think Kevin Durant still has a chance. Because I know I see Vaughn going one, two, three, four for Curry, and then Kevin Durant. Our KD said that he still has things to be proven. Our other host here thinks that Kevin Durant is a third option here with every show. So I'm sorry, Kevin Durant. I know you're going to hate our show. And I'm actually hoping one day I wake up to uh, you tweeting our show and talking shit about it. Oh, it'll be Sean for sure. Uh, and I wouldn't blame you at all. But just know, Katie, you are top 10 the person I love to watch and a top 10 talent. I ain't going to lie. Top 10. If we switch the conversation, I bet you you guys would all agree more too now. If we switch a top 10 score. Yeah, exactly. So I get think Kevin Rand's gonna get his other aspects, but one thing I will not agree with and playing my devil's advocate around DA with Kev, he got nothing else to prove. I don't think he has nothing else to prove, in my opinion. I don't think he's a winner. 
I think he's an easy Hall of Famer if you're top 15. Come on now. So I don't. I think he can retire today, and I think he should be happy with his career. He won championships. Maybe not everyone loved the way he won the championships, but he's proven that he's been a winner and in and, and every which way. And he's been, you know what? He didn't recruit. He did the best he could do in his, I think, his position, being in the era of LeBron, LeBron's era, right, Kev? So he did the best he could do. Oh, no. What is this? Come get him, Kevin. Come get him, Katie. <laughs> now, watch. We wake up tomorrow and this goes viral, brother. I'm going to, we're going to have to get Sean Hoko t shirts. What is that name? We're going to get. You know, at least clock chasers. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. And we don't get. Katie's not going to broadcast. Next question. Well, I, I apparently was just muted. But uh, yeah, Gary, Gary loves misquoting me, but I'm not going to argue about it until the time comes when I need to. So I'll just leave that there. Go ahead. Okay. So let's keep it on the hoop scene. Third option uh, to win the championship. All right, not bad. Go ahead. All right, you're all good. So let's keep it on the hoop scene. Toddy, I'm going to go to you first. We've heard all the James Harden news. So if James Harden is traded, are the 76ers going to trade Joel Embiid next? Factor mm, count, Toddy. Wow. So James Harden gets traded, is Embiid going to ask out? Uh, it depends on who they uh, – because I'm going to say he wants to do the Clippers. So it's like, well – who do they get back in return? It's kind of like a you get pennies on a dollar. It's James Harden. You know, the team that usually you know trades the star away doesn't usually win. Um, I'm going to say cap. Is Joel due for a contract extension? Or He's a free he, agent next year. Ooh, he might walk. If James, nah, nah, they trade him before he walks. If James Harden, okay, okay. If James Harden gets traded. Joel doesn't sign an extension, then he's gone. Joel can walk. Like Kevin already said, he has, you know, he has the opportunity to become a free agent after next year. But, you know, Philly is going to be looking like, hey, like, let's try and sign this extension. And he kind of like, well, let, let's play it out. He's gone. <laughs> if he says, let's just play the season out, he's gone damn near by the deadline. So um, I'll say, I'll say fact. I'll say fact for this one. Um, the end of the process era will be over. And, you know, yeah. he went, you know, Ben Simmons went through the fire with him. Jimmy Butler was on the team. That was probably their window right there when Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Kawhi, the Kawhi shot kind of ended the process era, I'd say. And kind of that was that was their window to win the championship. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say fact. James Harden, if he gets traded to the Clippers, which ultimately where he's probably going to go, uh, Joel's gone. All right, Gary, I'm going to send it to you next. Factor cap. If the Sixers trade James Harden, they will have to trade Joel and be next. Uh, cap. I don't think they're going to have to trade Joel Embiid next. I think I know what Joel Embiid said recently about, you know, wants to win a championship at any spot and basically any spot. He wants to win the same Sixers. He's basically wants to win a championship. He doesn't care where. And I feel like it's that point where uh, Joel Wings are now applying pressure. As simple as that. Every uh, franchise in the NBA has a ticking time bomb on when your uh, all-star player will reach his bowling point, as we just seen with Damian Lillard, of when you're not going to surround a championship team around them, then they're going to take it into their own hands. Because at the end of the day, as we just discussed with so many players, with Kevin Durant and things of that nature, we're going to slap that piece of paper and say, all right, how good were you? And, you know, what things did you do in the NBA? And, you know, look at your legacy. So, obviously, Joel Embiid wants to be looked at as one of the greatest players in his era. So, he know, he wants to put a ring behind that because 
we already seen what they do to players who don't have those rings. You know, it's sad to say it might be a bad culture, whatever you say. But at the end of the day, I feel like they're going to be forced to trade him. But uh, well, he, does he want to leave? I don't know if he wants to. I think he just wants a ring. So I think uh, they're not going to be forced to trade him, but he's going to want it out if he's not in a winning situation. So cap. All right, Sean, we have one for each side. Which side are you going to lean? Factor cap. If the Sixers trade James Harden, they will have to trade Joel Embiid next. So I initially thought that this was major cap because I was like, okay, James Harden has been bouncing around the NBA. Like, I'm not even going to make the analogy, but he's been bouncing around the NBA. And so I don't think that him going to a new destination necessarily will dictate what Joel Embiid has to do or what the Sixers have to do with Joel Embiid, what Daryl Morey has to do with Joel Embiid. So that was my initial thoughts. Then I had some other thoughts where, number one, Joel Embiid said last week that he wants to win a championship in Philly or anywhere else. (laughs) Like Gary was saying, he just wants to win a ring. And if it's not going to happen in Philly, like he only has so many years to maximize his prime and to try and win a ring as the guy or the secondary guy. And so... The other thing that I thought about with it as to why it is a fact is because I also, and I hate when people do this, but I'm going to be one of those people. I'm going to compare players in different sports. Shohei Otani, who plays baseball, we've talked about him in Sean's Pop Quiz a couple weeks ago. He's the modern-day Babe Ruth. He's a pitcher, he's a hitter, and he's excellent at both. Like He doesn't just do both, but he is the top of the top in both positions. You never see that. He's basically two people. Right now, the trade deadline is about to come up in baseball, and the Angels are considering trading him because his contract is up this offseason. If Shohei Otani can be traded, then so can Joel Embiid, especially if Embiid is forcing his way out and wants to win a championship. So to me, it's a fact. I'm going to have to ride that coattail, man. I think this is a fact. Like Toddy's mentioned, Joel has seen Ben Simmons go. He's seen Jimmy Butler go. And now he's going to watch James Harden go. I think we're going to have to pull up a LeBron tweet like, man, is it me? Do people just, is it me? Like, everyone's just leaving Joel. He's the one who started the process, and now he's the last one on the island. So I think this is going to be fact. He's going to see so much talent walk out of the building and bring in guys like Tobias Harris and just just the the wrong pieces. The assassin. So I just don't think this is going to work out for the Philadelphia 76ers. And if they want to hit a restart on the process, trading Joel Embiid will get you the picks and the players to do so. But do you – go ahead. I was going to say that big – the big thing I think is the contract. I feel like Philadelphia just came up to him and said, "Hey, man, like we want you here. <laughs> we want you here." They know that he's going to be a free agent. I'm pretty sure it, everyone in that front office is like, "All right, James is kind of out of here. What about Joel? We got to throw him the supermax, give him 300 to stay. They can offer him the most money." So I feel like they have, in a way, we've seen a whole bunch of guys get contracts. And we saw Tyrus Halliburton, Lamelo Ball got an extension. Uh, and yeah, just got a, he just got an extension, and JB's going to get an extension. It's in the works, guys. It's in the works. He's going to get an extension. I've been saying that for uh, a couple episodes now. Okay. It's, it's in the works. Um, Sign and trade. Philly, Philly, <laughs> Philly, has, <laughs> Philly has to have asked him, like, hey, man, like, we want you here. Let's try and get let's get you locked in because it's the last year of his deal. And he's a free agent at the end of this year. So. But do you think – James Harden's the last straw, really. Like, we see how James Harden acting now. I don't know if y'all seen the video. Hey, shout out. You and your summer. Do your thing, James. But y'all seen that one? He's, I don't know if that Grabbing was all the burgers. Yeah. I don't know if that's now recent or what, bro. You got to put the but, suit on. 
my guy. Like, it's all good. You got to do, you know, each his own. You know, he still gets buckets when he's on the court. Not as much as, you know, a couple years ago in Houston years. But he's still doing his thing. But it's like, you think that's making Joel be like his last straw to force them? Like, maybe, yeah, you guys are right. He might be trading and he might want to be out of there. Because I think what I mentioned of just not winning, I guess. But at the end of the day, I really don't think that James Harden's going to be the one that's going to be forcing I don't think Embiid's making his decision off James Harden, basically. I don't think the Sixers are either, really. I think they took this gamble, and the gamble turned out bad, and they're trying to just get rid of it at the end of the day. Gary, tell the audio-only listeners what your uncle said. Is it PG-13? I don't know. James Harden has bounced around more than the Kardashian-Jennifer clan. Oh, no. Unk, unk, unk. You crazy. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a fact. <laughs> So moving on, we're going to switch it over to football. I Like I told you guys before we started, I told everyone to do some research to come in and let you guys know what we really, really think. So I'm going to start this one off because this is my man. Fact or cap is just is Trevor Lawrence better than Justin Herbert. Like I said, I'm going to go first and I'm going to fact, 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 fact. If I'm taking a quarterback, I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence. We saw him have Urban Meyer. And really looked like a land of lost toys. And then all it took was Doug Peterson, a quarterback's coach, a dude who's played quarterback in the NFL, to turn him around. Playoffs, they're bringing in Calvin Really, We saw the emergence of Christian Kirk. We saw the emergence of Evan Ingram. And that's all because of Trevor Lawrence. So he's making his players better. I'm not saying Justin Herbert isn't doing the same over there. But I just think as a quarterback, comparing one to two, I think Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback, and I'm going to say that until today, to the next year, the year after that, I think Trevor Lawrence has it. And I think this year is really going to show that Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback than Justin Herbert. Gary, I'm going to go to you next. Factor cap. Is Trevor Lawrence better than Justin Herbert? This is rooted in our bet in the beginning of the year, Kev, which with your Jaguars and my Steelers, and you've been riding them ever since, so I'll give you credit for that. And you know what? I seen this, and I I researched everything but this because I'm gonna talk all my heart on this one. Because at the end of the day, these both players are great. I do think Trevor Lawrence is gonna have, he's having a better, I think, so far career. I would say, even though Justin Herbert has done a lot so far in his career too, carrying a team that has been uh, just poor coaching all the way around. I think we'd all agree on that. But the reason why I think that this is a uh, cap Kev that I think Justin Herbert is going to is slightly better right now. And it's going to be overall better at the end of his career, even though he kind of like, but both got, I mean, I would say actually the Jaguars have more or less say success in the last few years as a franchise than the Chargers have in the last, like I think 15 or 10 years, I would say. So I'm talking about just, you know, Sean, why know why are you making all these faces over here? I'm talking about situation. I know I'm talking about how is who how, is your situation gonna make you better or worse? So I think Trevor's lower situation is better, but I think Justin Herbert is the better quarterback because I just like him the way he plays. I think he's just a better oh I just think that he's gonna be overall better player because he's gonna have less talent around him and he's gonna bring them up. That's why I think he's gonna be the better player. Go ahead, Sean. What are no, you? I'll say, yeah, Sean. You made all the faces. No, 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 no. I want to go, go last. Let, let Toddy go. I want to go last. All right, all right, all right though. No, he's so just going to shoot me down. Kill. So, Toddy, yeah. okay. factor cap. Is Trevor Lawrence kill. better than Justin Herbert? Well, we got to look at the facts, right? Uh, let's go back to the playoffs. Who won in their previous matchup? I know he's going to bring it up. It was Trevor Lawrence. Now He was up 21. He was, hey, he threw, what, four picks in that game? Trevor Lawrence did. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence threw four picks in the game, and they ended up coming back and winning. Uh, he's got a playoff victory overall. Right now, if you just 
look at the numbers, look at the game when they played, Trevor Lawrence ended up coming out on top. Um, now, if it were me and who I think is the better quarterback, I think it's Justin Herbert. But if we're going to go off of what is going on right now in the NFL, it has to be Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence, had the, he got the upper hand on him last year. in so the playoff game. with you. So, um, I'm gonna have to say bad time to say this. Especially I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to say fact. Um, Trevor Lawrence right now is better than Justin Herbert. It's a bad well, time to say this. I can I can tell where Sean's leaning, but I'm still gonna ask him a question because we're all playing the game. So Sean, fact or cap? Trevor Lawrence is better than Justin Herbert. Okay, so just to give my answer real quickly before I get into the meat of things here and everything that was just said by everyone, not just by Gary, not by, just by Javon, not just by Kevin, but by everyone. Cause I'm on, I'm on an Island, even though Gary said that it is cap. Trevor Lawrence is not better than Justin Herbert. And I agree with that. This is cap, but the things I was hearing, man, it's, it's a little crazy to me. You guys are all drunk on recency bias right now. Like I've heard from each of you, including you, Gary. And mm-hmm. that's why you see all my faces, the audio only listeners, they miss out mm-hmm. on it. That's why you got to mm-hmm. check us out on YouTube. But you literally said, and Gary, because you're now when, I mean, Kevin and Javon, they, they understand what they just said. You seem to forget what you said two minutes ago, because you we'll just see. said, you just said, and we can run back the tape. The Jack, you just said that the Jaguars have had a better recent history as a team. Then the Los Angeles Chargers. They made the playoffs before they, they literally beat my Steelers in a playoff they, game. What did they do the previous? <laughs> yeah, Kev, I know. I was making that face too. What did they do the previous two seasons before? They no, they played? sucked. But it's not like the they Chargers were, have been great either. But I'm talking about like just overall, like they flipped. They just been way. I just feel like they're just drafting better and everything. I just feel like they're constructing their teams better. I don't know. I know Chargers have a lot of talent. I just like Justin Herbert at the end of the day because I feel like he's solid every single time. And you know what? He came out and shocked the world. I don't think I didn't think that he was gonna be that good when he came in, and he's been shocking him ever since. Doing basically Patrick Mahomes type thing before Patrick, like at the same time as these guys. You know, he's been on that same level. It just hasn't had the winning in the playoffs just yet. And obviously, like you said, the recency bias of last year is not feeling good right now. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick on it though. I think Justin Herbert's gonna be the better player at the end of the day. Go ahead, Sean. My bad. Jacksonville Jaguars had the first overall pick in 2021. Jacksonville Jaguars had the first overall pick in 2022. The Jacksonville Jaguars went 1 and 15 in 2021. The Jacksonville Jaguars went 3 and 14 in 2022. I'm sorry. They had one good season. They won the AFC South, which was anyone's division to take for a couple and, of years, not like two years. And now because we had one good season and Kevin, I'm not disputing anything that you said about your man Dougie P. But the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars had one good season. Now, Trevor Lawrence, we're just going to forget everything that we saw during that rookie year. I understand the bad influence that Urban Meyer was. But stats over politics, right? So his rookie year, he had 12 touchdown passes, 17 interceptions. He threw for 3,600 yards. His second year, 4,100 yards. You look at Justin Herbert, first year, 4,300 yards. That's better than (laughs) Trevor Lawrence has done in his first two years. Second year, Justin Herbert threw for 5,000 yards. Third year, <laughs> nearly 4,800 yards. You look at those touchdown-interception ratio, 31-10, 38-15, 10 I never thought after we, after we were saying how much of a generational talent that Trevor Lawrence was going into the 2021 draft, because Justin Herbert went in 2020. That's when Joe Burrow went number one. Trevor Lawrence would have gone number one in 2020 as well. But from what I've seen so far, I'm not going to overreact 
to one season, one playoff game, because Kevin, I know that we talk a lot about Devontae Smith with the two season sample size. I'm not going to overreact to a one season sample size. And so for me, this is cap right now. Justin Herbert is the better quarterback. You're going to take him the long run. Like me, Sean, you're going to take him the long run. Based so, on what I've seen, I would. Never I'm just going to throw that. this out there. I know it's not the number one pick, but the Chargers did pick 13, 17, and 11. Those three seasons. So I mean, we're comparing shit to, to toilet paper. It's, it's, eh. <laughs> I was always saying, saying that both bad. Gary had a point. That, I mean, they're both pretty bad just because one picked 12 picks before. That's a, like, that's a difference. That's a difference between, that's that's a big a big, gap. That's a difference between that is what, a third games? of the NFL. That is that's a third of the NFL. What, two games? No, probably like three or four. Three or four, four games? I don't know. So, Toddy knows where I'm going to fall with this. I'm pretty sure I know where Sean's going to fall for this. So, I have to bring it up to the pot, and I'm going to go to you first, Toddy. Who is in a better situation for their rookie year? C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson? Factor count. Ooh. It's a good one. CJ Stroud has a guy, a coach, in D'Amico Ryan, so I think is going to do really well um, in his first year. Um, a lot of people speak highly of him. He played for the Houston Texans um, as a player. Oh, number two. He was doing so good. I can hear him. Toddy, you just lagged out for like a solid five seconds that we didn't hear anything you said. I said, um, so CJ Stroud, I think, has the better coach of D'Amico Ryans, um, you know, coming from the San Francisco 49ers, that system, and Kyle Shanahan. I think he has a better coach. Uh, I'm looking at Anthony Richardson's, like, roster setup. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Um, Michael Pittman. Um, I don't know. I think CJ Stroud. Uh, what's the, the – Pierce. Damian well, Pierce. Is, he's raw. A lot of people – I want people to realize. Tank Dell. Um, it's gonna be good. It's going to be a guy that you need to watch out for. It's gonna be a guy I'm gonna spend some money on in the offseason to score touchdowns, yards, all of that. Um, wow, this is really tough. It's kind of it's really neck and neck. But if I had to go with one, I'm probably gonna say um, the Texans, CJ Stroud, just because I trust in D'Amico Ryan's and what he's going to be able to do and kind of just mold CJ. Um, I don't know how good CJ Texans might win six seven games this year i think they're over six and a half they looked on FanDuel right now so i'd watch out for them i think anthony richardson is going to be a guy that just makes insane plays that we're gonna see like he might run for like a 60 yard touchdown and throw like an 80 yard bomb we'll see that but i feel like cj will be a little bit more consistent on the throwing side and we'll see him you know consistently making all the throws that needed to be but uh, AR is probably going to be the guy, the highlight real guy that will be like, Anthony Rich, oh my God, he did this, that, and that. Um, but I'm going to go with CJ Stroud. All right. So I'm going to space out the Ohio State fan. So Sean, I'm going to go to you next. Factor cap CJ Stroud is in a better situation to succeed than Anthony Richardson. Well, uh, shout out to the late, great Nipsey Hussle because last time that I checked, Gardner Minshew is the starting quarterback for the Indiana Colts or Indianapolis Colts. Which and is insane. So, so to me, we're talking about a guy who just signed a four-year, thirty-six million dollar contract. All up front, all up front, <laughs> give it all guaranteed, and he's the starter. Was drafted to be the starter, and he is with a head coach that's going to empower him as the starter and do everything he can to help him as a starter. 
and the other guy might start in week five. So to me, this is a fact. C.J. Stroud is in a better situation just because he could start from day one, and I don't think the, the difference in the teams is is a big difference in, in disparity because, like, if he was – if Anthony Richardson was like a Patrick Mahomes getting drafted to a playoff team, then I would say, okay, he's probably in the better situation. It doesn't matter if he has to wait. But the teams are close enough that I'm taking the guy that just got the guaranteed money and that is the starter from day one. And so this is a fact. C.J. Stroud is better. Or in a better situation, at least. All right, Gary, I'm going to go to you next. Is C.J. Stroud in a better situation to be successful than Anthony Richardson? Factor cap. Uh, to be honest, like you mentioned, they're both in a shitty situation. I just kept looking like this is this is a both horrible situation to be in. I think, like Sean said, I guess you can give the upper hand to CJ because he's actually gonna have the opportunity, and we don't know when Anthony's gonna be able to get into this situation actually to even make it a situation officially. I guess, but I'm just gonna say cap just because actually of what Vaughn mentioned. I just kind of like the offensive weapons more on the Indianapolis coast, like we mentioned earlier, Cox, Taylor, and all these guys. I feel like he's just going to have a little more uh, weapons on offense to help him have a better season if he has an opportunity. But um, obviously, it's, I'm a little torn because, like you mentioned, the Texans quarterback, I'm talking about the Texans head coach now from the Niners. I feel like he's going to help that team get better overall because he's from a winning culture. I'm not hating on the Niners. Don't worry. I'm saying nothing positive, guys. But like I said, I think I just like their offensive weapons more. So I'm going to go cap. Hopefully, Anthony Richardson can get in there and make C.J. Stroud look like shit, I guess. I don't know. So, no Ohio State, guys. Four minutes ago, I was on a C.J. Stroud train. But then, all I hear out of my damn headphones is Niner shit. Are <laughs> you guys forgetting who the Colts coach is? Shane You know who that. he's had in his quarterback tree? Mr. Jalen Hurts. Mr. Justin Herbert. Anthony Richardson is in the best situation. He's literally going to have the coach that had Jalen Hurts breakout. So we're going to see Anthony Richardson doing a lot of things that Jalen Hurts did. So, yes, C.J. Stroud would be the better thrower. But like Toddy mentioned, Anthony Richardson can bust off an 80, 90-yard run. They can use him as a Justin Fields. So I think that that for his development, we can wait for the arm to come, like we've seen with Justin Fields. So Justin Fields led the league in rush for quarterbacks. I can see Anthony Richardson really filling in those slots and really developing. And we've seen years down the line, I believe Anthony Richardson is going to be in a better situation because his coach has the proven history. I know he brought up D'Amico Ryan. I don't think C.J. Stroud's going to play in the secondary. I don't think he's going to line up in a box next to Fred <laughs> Warner. He ain't coached You're nobody right. on offense. He's a defensive coach, defensive-minded coach. So we're going to have the offensive-minded coach come in, did lead, arguably the best offense in the NFL last year. You're going to ask somebody, but if you're asking me, I'm going to say that they did. So I think Shane Steichen is going to really be able to take Anthony Richardson to that next step. And I feel like that's the main reason they drafted him at four. They could have drafted Will Levis. They could have went another direction. But they stayed put because they know Shane Steichen has the resume with the quarterbacks, the young quarterbacks in the league. And I think he's going to continue with Anthony Richardson to follow the guys like Justin Hurts and Jalen or Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, yes. So I'm going to say this is cap. Taylor's the main difference here, guys. If Taylor can get back, I mean, David Pierce isn't David Pierce isn't a scrub. But Jonathan Taylor was leading the league in rushing for like you know he's been doing really good last year. I think kind of fell off due to injury, but the year before that, so I think thirteen on the Texans. Exactly, I think Anthony Richardson can be better than Justin Fields. Okay, well, and I, I will just jump in just to say that, Kevin, I will never slander the name of the great Shane Steichen from Oak Ridge High School in El Dorado Hills. So shout out Shane Steichen. Best of luck. Yeah. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for episode number 41 of Stats Over Politics. No Sean's Pop Quiz this week. And Thank so, God. Oh, man. Thank, <laughs> thank the Lord. But just to replace uh, Sean's Pop Sean. Quiz, Kevin, I know that sometimes you have Kevin's Pop Quiz. And so I have a fact or cap question, if Whoa. I may, real quickly. Let's do it. One. One quick one, if I may, real quickly here, as we're wrapping up episode number 41 of Sats Over Politics. All right. So this is why everyone needs to watch on YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, because you see behind me to over my right shoulder, I have this framed photo of DeMarcus Cousins, right? And DeMarcus Cousins has been in the news recently because there have been some debates on Twitter, and it has been about where... Prime DeMarcus Cousins ranks among some of the best centers in the NBA today. Right now? And oh, yeah. Right now. <laughs> Joel Embiid was one of the names mentioned, the reigning MVP, but we also have the reigning finals MVP, back-to-back MVP, and Nikola Jokic. So we could also think about uh, Joel Embiid with this one. Gary, did you want to say something real quickly before I Just- reveal the question, even though we all know where this is going? Just clear it up real quick with the question. Is it his prime versus their prime or is it his prime coming back in today's time versus these guys great question just clarify the question for factor cap Mm. sean edition is prime demarcus cousins was better than present day why you put the joker why why you put the joker there you guys are you guys aren't gonna be able to sneak out of this by saying he's better than mb but not better than joker so for, for all of our audio-only listeners, the final factor cap for this week is prime DeMarcus Cousins was better than present-day Nikola Jokic. I know I'm springing this on you guys. Didn't let you have any research, so I'll just answer my own question first. I'm going to have to say this is a fact. Because Ooh, hot look, look at the numbers. <laughs> you look at the Those numbers, numbers, right? And the numbers back it up. Not a good time. When I think about Demarcus Cousins putting up those numbers, some would argue that those numbers were empty stats. I would argue that he had to put up those numbers because he literally had no one else around him. With Ike earlier, we were talking about the impact of an Aaron Gordon, not just getting buckets, but doing all the little things on the basketball court. And so to me, I feel like Nikola Jokic has played with better teammates throughout his career. He got a more seasoned Michael Malone versus Boogie was doing all that shit with a revolving door of head coaches. And so to me, maybe it's a hot take, but I say it's a fact. Prime DeMarcus Cousins was better than present day Nikola Jokic. How many 40-20 okay. games did he have? Sean, he had a lot. He had a lot. A lot. A lot. I don't have the I don't have the actual number for you, but a lot. What do you think, Toddy? Is this factor cap? People are gonna hate our podcast. They're going to hate me, and that's okay. I'll be the heel. I have to say Cap, but he's damn close. Um, Sean kind of listed you all the numbers, but I'm going to give you another couple of numbers. There's two-time MVP Nikola Jokic, and there's finals MVP Nikola Jokic, and there's NBA champion Nikola Jokic. So, for I mean, yes, situation does matter. Um, you guys previously, by you guys, the Sacramento Kings, had Michael Malone. You know, kind of baking in the oven, and then you took him out a little bit too early, and that was an NBA champion. So, um, obviously, situation does matter. You look at management, front office, all of that does come into a role. Sean already mentioned the revolving door for the Sacramento Kings. They were missing the playoffs for however many years when DeMarcus Cousins was there. 
Um, he was the first all-star since I forget who it was. Was it Ron Artest? Brad Miller. Brad Miller. Asia Brad Story Miller. Asia. So you just kind of got to look at the situation that he had around him. It wasn't that good. Um, ultimately, those picks that they traded to get DeMarcus Cousins ended up being Buddy Hill. He ended up getting De'Aaron Fox out of that. So it was a blessing in disguise. But, I mean, Jesus Christ. Imagine DeMarcus, prime DeMarcus Cousins with this team currently that the Sacramento Kings have right now. With There'd be no Sabonis. D, tell you that. There would definitely not be a Sabonis. We still have Tyrese? Ooh. I don't know if Tyrese would be on, still be on. Yeah, we wouldn't have that pick. Yeah, you're if right. You, if you had De'Aaron. Pick wasn't DeMar- that bad. Well, if, you had, that bad. if you had a healthy DeMarcus and a uh, De'Aaron Fox on this team, it would be very, very scary for the league. So, All right, um, Kevin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say cap, though, because Jokic has – MVP is the range, so. All right, Kevin. Damn it, Usually your segment. I'm flipping it on you now. So the question for all our audio-only listeners is that, and it's it's a statement when it comes to factor cap. The statement is, prime DeMarcus Cousins was better than present-day Nikola Jokic. Is that factor cap, Kevin? I'm going to say it's fact. Just oh, my off, God. Just, just off of no. the base. Vaughn, we about to lose it. Hold on, hold on. They're going to take us on Spotify and YouTube now. Gary, let let him explain himself. Let me throw this caveat. There's nothing to explain. So we, his prime got cut short. So if his prime doesn't get cut short, I'm not saying he's going to be an MVP. I'm not saying he's going to be a world champion. But just off of the numbers alone, he's on a better team. My guy could We saw when Boogie left Sacramento and played for a good team. With the Solid. Pelicans, they beat Solid. the they beat the Blazers in the first round as a they were the the lower seed. Forty. So we got to see him really force outside of Sacramento, and just just to throw that out there, Gary, my dude Boogie got a ring. Let's not act like he, he don't got a bubble championship now. Let's not act like he don't got a bubble championship. So no, now we're talking about MVPs. Now we're talking about MVPs. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to say I, I, don't, fact, I, gonna, I didn't want to say that. Prime Boogie was a monster. We yes. remember the days when the Joker was fat and chunky. Ain't no, ain't no dark days of Boogie. Boogie came in from the jump and and took over Sacramento and did a lot for us. So I'm gonna have to say fact. I know my bias is bleeding through my color, my shirt right now, but I, I heard a King's name and I had to put that fact. So Gary, go ahead and and ruin my momentum. Uh, I had to ruin for you, Kev. I'm sorry. This is a straight cap capster. Hey, man, I love DeMarcus Cousins. Obviously, I became a fan during the DeMarcus Cousins era. You know what I'm saying? We were so bad, but this was our guy. This was our best player. This is the guy like you guys all mentioned. Put us on the map. Got an all-star vote. I think a lot of people would take all. I think a lot of fans, some people would actually hate him, I guess, but because maybe they don't think he's immature and things of nature. I think it's all passion, and I think it brought a, uh, a mentality to our team. That pretty much, I don't think as an organization, maybe we were able to handle it on that time. Maybe who we had in the front office, anything of that nature. I just don't think that, like you guys know, our Sacramento Kings, they would agree to. We're on the all same level during that time, and we didn't get to put the right ingredients together for DeMarcus Cousins. But that is sad to say for DeMarcus Cousins because Nikhil Jokic, sorry, Jokic, the Joker, literally is the best player in the world right now. And we have players like Kevin Rant, Giannis, Embiid, LeBron, Your boy Curry, Curry, all these, Bam. my boy Bam, all these players are in the league now. And Jokic is the unified, undisputed, 
heavyweight championship of the world, best player in the world right now. So I don't, and I love Demarcus, but there was never a t- yes, he was the best center for a couple of years, thousand percent. I remember that he was for sure best center. His package, like Sean was saying, can shoot the three before anyone else, can literally break you down. All the post moves in the world, just like Jokic. So if you're talking about points, the game it's pretty close, neck and neck. So, but just in terms of everything else, just Jokic is just on uh, hitting all cylinders. His prime is clearly better than Demarcus Cousins' prime at the moment. But what, just if you want to just talk basketball real quick, so I know you talk about forty and twenty that Demarcus Cousins dropped too because he was a monster, no question about it. This is this is hurting me to say this right now because obviously I love Demarcus this is Cousins ridiculous. too. But I'm just gonna let you know at the end of the day, there ain't none on the on the passing on the passing. They ain't, they ain't nothing, they ain't nothing like Jokic, nothing Jokic. That's where Jokic got him beat. Jokic got him. By a landslide. And uh, I think, I don't know what the main debate was, Sean. Maybe you could, uh, maybe DeMarcus Cousins talked about it. I don't know. Maybe he said he's neck and neck. Maybe I don't know what his the insight was or if he fell into it. But this man was on uh, the Nuggets last year. I remember vividly. He was on that Nuggets team last year, and he for sure gave him the uh, Heemster badge for uh, Jokic the over there, knowing and then he knows he's the he's the one of the you know one of the ones. So I I don't think DeMarcus Cousins would be too nitpicky saying that Jokic is a better prime than him right now. But I wouldn't say it's too crazy, crazy. It's just you know just I think the time I was I was going crazy right now because really it's just the time. Vaughn literally said it. You're talking about a two two time MVP back to back. Just, just, the, just the bad time to say it, guys. Horrible time. This is a horrible time to say this. But it's all good, you know? It's all good. Cap, for sure, cap. Cap all the way. So I, I, I know we got to go. I especially do because I have to be up in like seven hours. But I, I have this this last couple things to say. Uh, first of all, our guy Nick on YouTube makes a good point, as he says, if DMC was a little more mature, things would have been different, I think. Too many texts and too much attitude, even though they were bad. And that is a fair point. Um, the, the, the thing I wanted to say about this is that DeMarcus Cousins was and is a four-time All-Star, right? And if you look at Nikola Jokic's All-Star campaigns, he's, he's a five-time All-Star, but he made it in his fourth season. To me, Boogie should have made it in his fourth season. I remember that year specifically where like we were campaigning to get him in the All-Star game with the vote and all that shit, and he ended up not making it. But to me, his prime began in his fourth season when he averaged, he was a walking double-double. I mean, he averaged 22.7 and 11.7 uh, rebounds. As you were saying, Gary, Jokic has him beat an assist by a mile in terms in of the, the playoffs, overall guys, volume. I didn't even mention that. I didn't even get to mention that. I'm sorry. Well, but... and that's where that's where the better team factors into it for me. But, you know, like, Jokic... NBA is based on that player, Sean. And Jokic, they, they ain't in the playoffs without that man. We he down care who's on. They ain't in the playoffs without that man. So he's the engine that started that to even get to where they're at today. I love Boogie, man. It's hard to say, but man, y'all forget we just watched the finals. This man literally was just everywhere doing everything. Couldn't be stopped. Couldn't be stopped. Could not be stopped, guys. All right, whatever. It's good tick, good TikTok clip though, y'all. To answer your question though, this was brought up just because I think it was ball. We were talking about ball is life earlier. I think ball is life were the Twitter account that posted the highlight clip of Prime Boogie. And it was just like, you guys don't understand how good Prime Boogie was. And then that's when people started debating like, yeah, he was up there with kind of Embiid and Jokic, what they are now and everything. I don't know. All I know is if you compare the numbers directly side by side, and a lot of people will tell you different interpretations of those numbers. But when you look at the numbers side by side, in terms of their first all-star year, their first all-star year, it lines up evenly. Jokic just hasn't beat by a landslide with the overall volume of assists. But let's not forget 
how underrated Boogie was was a pa- as a passer. Like he was no, the he first big man that the Kings could had. Shoot the three as well. Exactly, that could shoot the three. And when it came to him as a passer, he was the first big man that could pass the ball, similar to a Chris Webber or Vlade Divac that they had in the Glory years. And so that's what I remember from Boogie the most. Uh, hey, yeah. years now, Sean. I wish I wish Boogie maybe was drafted a little later. You wouldn't maybe say that. You maybe say obviously you wish he was way back in the day, Shaq's era, you know, dominating the era. But even now with his skill set, he was one of the first guys with that skill set really to handle the ball as a big man and you know go up the floor full court like Jokic is doing. So it's no disrespect to Boogie. I think it's you know it's pretty close and maybe other fans would see it in the NBA. Obviously us Kings fans, we got two right here who are calling it his way. But I would say it's more neck and neck and for show. DeMarcus Cousins was slept on during his prime, and we know that he was too as Sacramento Kings fans. But I think just some of the tangibles and just like you mentioned, Sean, some of those things, hey, man, at the end of the day, we're going to be talking about this guy, Jokic, probably maybe top 20. And I'm sorry to say, DeMarcus Cousins ain't sniffing that, brother. All love to you, but you ain't sniffing that one. And maybe it's due, like the Kev said, just no, no opportunity, not right situation, not enough time, injuries, maybe derailed his career like that. But just, you know, the facts are the facts, like y'all say always to me. Well, yeah, and I'm glad that you said uh, something that you did just, just to follow up on it. And Kevin and Javon, give me the signal if you got anything else to say. Otherwise, I'll wrap it from here. But just my, my, my final thought in regard to this that you mentioned earlier is you said, oh, Jokic is the guy, the number one guy in the NBA right now, the best player without a shadow of a doubt. We all agree on that. But Jokic also had really good timing, though, in the sense that LeBron James was eight years older than uh, he is now when Jokic is the quote-unquote best guy because at that point when Boogie was entering his prime and going throughout his prime, DeMarcus Cousins was the undisputed best center. Big man. In, in but was league. he ever top five though? LeBron was arguably undisputed. LeBron, KD. I think Boogie. I think Boogie. Like he was definitely in that top Wade, ten at his yeah. peak. Kobe kind of crept in, crept into that top five. I don't know. Final thoughts, Javon. Timmy. Yeah, man, Boogie was a problem. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not disputing anything that Sean is saying. I'm just saying Jokic is kind of what Boogie was, but he's doing it. He he's took it to the next level. He's winning MVPs from that, so that's why I'm just kind of like, ah, it's kind of hard to say that he's better. Jokic. All right, fair enough. Well, that's yeah, gonna do though. it for another great episode of Stats Over Politics, episode number 41. It is flying by, guys, and I'm enjoying every step of the way. Shout out to our guy, Ike, for coming on and joining us, telling all those great stories. If you guys didn't get a chance to hear everything that Ike had to say over those 90 minutes that he shared with us, make sure to run this back on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and listen on audio-only platforms. For Gary Singh, Javon Toddy, and Kevin Dent, I am Sean Holko. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 41 of Stats Over Politics, and we will catch you all next week here on Stats Over Politics. Peace.